What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 125. Just kidding. I messed it up just now, and BJ corrected me before we started. Thankfully, I said something and put my foot in my mouth. Funny fact, there's not many NBA players who wear the number 26 either. Yeah. Like, in the entirety of the NBA since its origins. I think I can think of one, and I bet that's what it's going to be. Say the name. I'm not going to because okay. I don't want to ruin it just in case that's who it is. Well, you've got to confirm or deny whenever we get to it. But Okay, if it is that person, then I'll be like, yep, that's who I thought it was from the beginning. You know? Okay. So Legitimately, there was like seven options. <laughs> yeah. And so, we're uh, like always, we got we to gotta talk about the, the people sponsoring us, man. That's right. Crystal Lackey at Century Mortgage, which is a, a, a part of uh, Bay Equity now. I'll actually be hanging out with Trey tomorrow. Uh, we're gonna go watch some basketball. Number, I number saw one. they met Coach Mack the other day. They did. At uh, I think Century Mortgage hosted his, or was the sponsor for his radio show. So not only is Century Mortgage good enough for the Beef Beef Podcast, but it's mm. also good enough for the Coach Mack radio show. Well, that's what I like to hear. Yeah, I and mean, for our interview that's on the horizon. Yes. Yeah. So we actually have an interview coming up for you guys. Hopefully you'll enjoy that. We had a lot of. I think we're going to have a lot of fun doing it as well. We've had a lot of fun talking to him uh, other times, open gym and stuff. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good time. I think you guys will enjoy who we're going to talk to. But don't forget, if you need any help with a mortgage or information, check out Crystal Lackey online. You can contact her in person too, but her online location where she hides in the deep, dark places of the interweb would be centurymortgage.com backslash crystal dash lackey also you can call her on your bright and shiny cell phone not like the inner dark web at 502-615-0743 again that is 502-615-0743 um, sorry, my mind is going blank today. Bay Equity is an equal mortgage lender. Equal housing lender. Good. Right. Listen, see, maybe we should let you do this part. That's right. They are an equal housing lender. MLS number 76988. Crystal Lackey. MLS number 1735979. So the other day I was on a call at work and the lady said, Oh my gosh, you've got a great voice. You should do radio. And I said, lady, don't get it mistaken. Don't get it twisted. I'm on there. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm get, I think my exact words were, yes, ma'am, I'm getting that for show. <laughs> <laughs> getting that for show. So, yeah, yeah it's, you know, I'm, I get it pretty regularly now. Shout out to Beef's Beef. I thought maybe I should drop the Beef's Beef line on her, and then I thought, you know what? Maybe work wouldn't like that so much. Yeah, she may be thinking you're trying to give her a different beef, and that's not something that she was trying to get. She was just trying to pay you a compliment, weirdo. No, definitely trying to you know engage in more conversation outside of work. But with that being said, didn't need any of the coworkers to hear you know my thoughts and processes of them smelling like a retirement home. So that was my <laughs> main concern. Now, so we'll go to the intro. I, I got a fun one for you today. We're going to go with the number 26, obviously, because it's the – 26th episode, 126th episode. So first and foremost, the 26th state in the United States was? Uh, Indiana. Uh, just north. Uh, Canada. Well, that's... I'm just kidding. That's a good one. That would be... Justin Bieber. Michigan. Michigan is correct. 26th state is Michigan. There are also 26 red cards and 26 black cards in a standard deck. Shout out to standard decks all around the world. 
Really? That's kind of surprising because I was thinking, I thought Jokers were part of 52. No. No. They're part of 54 card pickup. Nice. Played that many a times. Uh, fun fact number three, there are actually 26 bones in a human foot and ankle. That seems like a lot to me. Whenever I read that, I thought, hmm, not, not a good thing to I break I broke all of 26 years on Monday. No, you must be confused with somebody else. Um, fun fact number four, on June 26, 1977, I think you were born then. It was actually Elvis's last concert. Now, fun additional fact, that was in Indianapolis, Indiana. Have I ever told you the cool story about my brother, Brad? What? So. Shout out um, to Brad. Yeah, shout out Brad. Elvis passed away in August of that year, 1977. Oh, okay. Brad was born the next day. Oh. And all of the nurses begged my dad to name my brother Elvis. Elvis reincarnate. Yeah. My dad, uh, as you can tell, did not listen to them and did not name him Elvis. Declined. I mean, maybe he could have gone with the middle name of Elvis, Brad Elvis. <laughs> yeah. Not, not too bad there. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't want to give too much away about my brother, but yeah, I mean, his middle name does start with an E. Mm-hmm. Is that what he does? Yeah. Uh, fun fact number. Yeah. Do you want to give the last four digits of a social security number on here as well, too? (laughs) Credit card number is this blood, (laughs) blood type, everything. City. Hold (laughs) on. Fun fact. Number five, a little known guy by the name of Walt Disney has actually won the most Academy Awards ever. Also known as Oscars. Now I didn't know much. Yeah. And see, here's the thing, man. You hate on this fellow all the time, but he makes obviously some of the best movies ever definitely invincible was a classic now also he's won 26 of those oscars but he was nominated for 59 all i got to say is that's not such good odd bro odds bro you know what i'm saying it is i mean but here's the thing though you gotta make the movies to even be there it's like the old saying you get you miss every shot you don't take i yeah i've missed a lot of those uh, 59 is a heck of a lot of nominations though. Like yeah. that's, that's insane to me whenever I read that. And I, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest in my research. You know, I saw Oscars, I saw Academy word awards. I, I didn't really know they were one and the same, to be honest. They so, are the same thing. Yeah. Like the Oscar is the award that you get for winning an Academy award. I had no idea either. You just Boom. blew my mind. The finally, the what are we? A hundred and twenty-six episodes in. That's right. And you finally give me something that I that blows my mind. I'm glad to have done that because I I'm gonna be honest. I thought I might have been the only one. I feel like we're we're Theo and Brendan right here. When when Theo's like, you know, we're only thirty episodes in. You and you finally say something funny. That's right. <laughs> we're only hundred and twenty-six in, and you finally give me something I don't know. In the intro, you're welcome. Yeah, the whole intro was worthwhile. All hundred, uh, all fifty episodes, however many it was. Uh, fun fact number six: Route sixty six was actually originally established in nineteen twenty six. Pr- pretty classic highway. Pick up sticks. That's right. Uh, fun fact number seven: A marathon has twenty six point two one eight eight total miles. Shout out to your buddy John. I think he's training for a marathon. Yeah. Uh, came and played a little bit of basketball with us as well. And you can definitely tell by him running that he's uh, well on his way to being able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, he was – well, you know, at the end of the night, you can kind of look in people's eyes, and you can see some of the desperation in some people's eyes. His his was just more frustration with not getting the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Not frustration with me locking him down on defense by any means because I definitely didn't do that. It it wasn't – 
him, you know, frustration because of any. It was strictly because his team did not pass him the ball. Shocker out there. Yeah. Just mind blown. I would never expect that group of guys to shoot the ball and not pass. Hey, it. I got it a lot the last game. Yeah, because I was on your team. Yeah. But fun fact number eight: there's actually 26 letters in the English alphabet but also in the Latin alphabet. Now, I'm going to go ahead and go through the Latin alphabet for you really quick. Just joking. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Fun fact number nine. 26 is the total number of cases on most versions of deal or no deal. Underrated game, bro. So if you go to Dave & Buster's, are you playing deal or no deal? You know what? This is the problem. There's no real money in those cases. Yeah. There's just tickets. Now, I can tell you, I used to have a hack. I forget what it was. But I used to have a hack to get the 100-ticket case at um, Chuck E. Cheese. Mm -hmm. And so I could play it and win 100 tickets every time. Now, the problem is Chuck E. Cheese's prizes are not so great, bro. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you saw me whenever I uh, took my nieces and nephew there. Yeah, you told them to get all airheads. Yeah, because they wanted candy. Well, Good choice, actually. I think for 25 tickets apiece, Airheads are a solid option. You can get four of them with a win on deal or no deal. You know what I'm saying? But shout out to the old River Falls Mall that actually used to have legit prices, bro. The GOAT, dude. Dude, I used to save up those tickets. I got a Kevin Garnett wall placard with a rookie card on there. Gave it to Greg. Shout out to Greg. Nice. Um, Got jerseys. God, I don't even remember what else. I think, oh, when the first phone that you could plug into the wall, but it was like a little phone, like I'm showing you, people can't see that, but it's like the yeah. size of my hand, and then you put the little earpiece in. Oh, and, dude, you were super legit. Then. Oh, bro. How, how much do you miss River Falls Mall, by the way? A million times. It, it was so great. I, like I, I was like, why didn't you all get rid of Green Tree, man? Devastating. Green Tree compared to River Falls Mall is a dump. And now Green Tree is struggling and if they would have kept river falls mall you know i'm sure there was stuff behind the scenes that we had no idea of that was the reasoning behind them doing it i mean i I still remember i mean do you remember when the walmart was connected to it no yeah there was a walmart connected to it and it was uh might have been before i moved here it was always like that when i was a kid man it was so walmart walmart is where dicks is okay and when you walked in, if you looked over to wow. the left and the on the left side of it, yeah, that's where the entrance to the mall would be. Mm. So you just walked. Okay, through. maybe yeah, yeah, maybe. I used to know. Remember, I mentioned to you Biggs where Gordman's yeah. area was. That's where I lost part of my tongue and <laughs> and other things as well too. Yeah. So shout out to the River Falls Mall. Yeah, I miss River Falls Mall. Have you seen that video that surfaced a couple years ago of the guy that? Uh, did the tour. The train up there and stuff. Yeah. And then yeah. you he's going through it, and there's people smoking in there. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot you used to be able to smoke inside places so when weird. we were kids. So weird. You remember, like, you'd go in, and, and see, it always sucked because I'm sure she's going to listen to this, but I've told her in the past that we did not like this. When we were kids, both my parents actually smoked. Yeah. So when we were kids, what section you guys smoking? So even as kids, we were just around it all the time. Right. And it was like, this sucks. <laughs> so that was a blessing in disguise whenever we got a little bit older and they outlawed smoke. Because you would walk into Ryan's Steakhouse, which 
I hate it all the time, by the way. Not much of a steakhouse, by the no, way. No, but it was called Ryan's Steakhouse. Right. And it literally just smelled like an ashtray. Yeah. Yeah, it reeked pretty bad. That was over by the old Tuma station as well, too. Yeah. Still there, I think, ain't it? Um, I don't think so. They finally... I, I think the building might still be there, but it's been gone for a while. Yeah. yeah. We, there used to be one up in Seymour that I used to go uh, eat with my grandpa up there. And they used to love... I mean, it was good on occasions. Now, there was other occasions that it didn't end so well for Yeah, like involved. most occasions. Yeah. But the River Falls Mall had cheesesteaks, had this place called the Great Steak Escape. Delicious. They had... My favorite Chinese, mall Chinese, before I met Chinese Gourmet in the Green Tree Mall. That's one <laughs> thing I will say. They did upgrade on that. They had all those video games up there. And then obviously the old school White Mountain Creamery that we rave about this homemade ice cream. Oh, bro. Homemade ice cream. And then cream. they had, had the bumper cars and they had the movie theater. Movie theater. Well, the shoe stores was where I was always going. They had a Foot Locker a foot action yeah which changed a couple of times at one time it was the athlete's foot which terrible name for a athlete's company. foot yeah. i remember being called that dude terrible name it had i can even show you the foot logo It's a foot logo with wings coming out of the back i think foot locker might have ended up buying athlete's it out athlete's foot that's so bad dude horrible name and then they had um there was one other one maybe a no it was before finish line I don't remember what the other one was, but it changed. And then they had a hat world back then, too. Oh, yeah. That's Lids now. Right. Just, yeah. So some some classic stores. They also had, I got my first gold chain in there. Had a Nike chain, like with the ooh, word ooh, Nike, ooh. with the Nike check down Sick. below it. Oh, classic. I bought my little nephew a gold chain recently. He broke it. You know, fun fact for you. There it is, bro. The athlete's foot. Classic logo. There it is. Yeah, that's all looks terrible. Horrible name. But yeah, I think Horrible name, like horrible looking logo and everything. Yeah, old school. But it's still in existence, maybe. Um, Fun fact, though, we'll we'll go on to number 10. We'll bring back some knowledge. I had so much fun last week. I thought we had to try to see if we could one-up it, right? So last year we gave you the movies that were turning 25 years old. And this year, we'll give you the movies that are turning 26 years old. So that means that these movies released in the year 1994. Now, I'm going to tell you, last year I made a bold prediction that 1995 was the greatest year in movie history. We've got some competition this week, bro. Well, I'm going to to tell you something before I forget. Tell me. John says that we are sleeping on 1997. Oh, we missed it. We've already missed it, so that's why I brought it up. Because we have already missed 1997. You know what I'm going to say? John's opinions normally are factual-based. So I'm going to respect his opinion. I'm going to have to do some research. But until I do that research, I'm going to have to stick with 95 and potentially see if 94 can overtake the 94, throne. I know of at least one from 94. What do you got for me, 94? Jurassic Park. Um, that is maybe on my list. <laughs> That's how many there are. I don't even see it. Not even on the list, bro. Maybe I was wrong, but I thought that was 94. I hope you're wrong, because that probably deserved to make the list. But the movies that were released in 94, a little-known movie by the name of Forrest Gump. Jurassic Park 93. Oh, boom. So next week. Well, wait a spoiler alert, bro. Oops, sorry. Just went to Bubba Gump Shrimps lately uh, in Tennessee. And let me just tell you, got to be the worst place to eat in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Build up to set it down. First of all, overpriced. Second of all, you know. I ordered the burger at the seafood place because I already know their seafood is terrible. And then third of all, dude, I don't want to hear any more about Forrest Gump, okay? 
What? You don't like Forrest Gump? No, I do, but to sit there and give me trivia quiz. Did you get peas and carrots? No. No, I got burgers. That's what him and Je- Jenny were like, peas and carrots. They didn't even have Dr. Peppers, bro. Are you kidding me? What kind of place oh, we got is Mr. Poop. Gra- shut up. <laughs> Just shut up. I was told that yesterday at lunch when I went to eat somewhere. Dude. I won't bash the place because I love their food. Mr. Pib isn't even in existence anymore. It's Pib Extra. And Pib Extra is pretty solid, bro. But Pib Extra is not Dr. Pepper. That's right. It's not. Dr. Just like Pepper. Coke isn't Pepsi, but... Yeah, I mean, they don't taste the same. Hmm. It's like, hey, you guys got Sprite? No, we got Mountain Dew. Like, they don't taste the same. Well, I would say Sprite would be more comparable to 7-Up, bro. Hey, don't, that's what I'm don't, saying. Like, don't that, get crazy. That's, that's what the comparison seems like to me. Mountain Lightning and Mountain Dew? I mean, come on, bro. No. It's like don't I don't think they're here. comparable at all. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm not saying that I don't like Mr. Pib. But Pib Extra, bro. Please refer to him still, as Pib Extra. It's still Mr. Pib to me. Licensing. It's if, still got the guy with the flat top on the front of it that looks goofy. And listen, don't say Super Bowl on this episode, okay? We can't refer to it as Super Bowl. We have to refer to it as the big game. The really big bowl. I yeah. Or the superb hole. I learned that you can't do Did that. Did you either. just say superb hole? <laughs> well. <laughs> well, or that I, that might be legal because that's different. But yeah. superb owl or the superb owl, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, is, is not legal. Um, fun movies also made in 94. Had to get your Disney movies in here. The Lion King, also Dope. one of the all-time greats. Dumb and Dumber. Great. Did make my top 50, but it's up there. Uh, Speed, underrated Keanu Reeves. Dude, great actor. Spoiler alert. The bus can't stop. Yeah, and that was a video. So, mm. also the mask, great movie. Oh, you're not talking about the one with the guy that had elephantitis, right? You're talking about the good one with Jim Carrey. Yeah, the elephantitis one. No, Son of the Mask wasn't terrible either. Yeah, but with it's Jamie so... Kennedy. No, that's the problem, bro. <laughs> that was Jim... <laughs> that was the the Son of the Mask. Yeah, that's what I said. No, what the the mask that I'm talking about had share in it. It was made in like the 80s, I think. The that no, that was just called mask, and then there was the the mask. Mm. So mask. I thought they had share in that one too. Didn't you make a guest appearance at one scene where they're singing? No, that's uh, no, dude. That's uh, what's her face that was in there. Something about Mary. Oh no, I remember that part. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Cher had a special segment in there. Haven't watched it for a while. Need to maybe go back and look. This is obvious. Cher was not in that movie. (laughs) Okay, that's fair assessment. Cher's Cher's looking rough these days, but she's still actually she's not. I I disagree. She's acting as if dude. She's a hundred and twelve. She's not looking rough. Well, okay. By the way, I got to tell you a joke. What? So did you uh, about hundred and twelve year olds who look rough? You know, Sonny Bono. He died of uh, in a skiing accident. Okay. Did you see the tree that he hit? No. Neither did he. No. Oh! <laughs> now, why you thought of that there? Because he was married to Cher. I think you were thinking of trees and Cher. No, well, you know I, got a shout out, I got a shout out my buddy Billy. He told me that joke. I was not expecting it either. Because he what? told me it out of nowhere. That's a Billy joke. Yeah. <laughs> that definitely is a classic Billy joke. Uh, now, probably my favorite movie on this list, Pulp Fiction. Got oh, great movie. Classic movie we've referenced before we got to bring the old references back three ninjas kickback oh classic 
Rocky loves Emily. Yeah, dude. Rocky loves Emily. Dude, have you gone back and watched some of those movies? Parts of it. They're so bad. Kind of tough to watch, to be honest. They're so bad. The acting. As the guy on the ringer said, I've seen better acting in porno. (laughs) It is so bad. (laughs) And he also asked, when did they get ice cream? But I I didn't say that on air. (laughs) Um, Other great movies. You also had Above the Rim with our main man, Tupac. Uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Big year for... Uh, the movie was on the other day. Where was I at? Uh, the Outlook. I was at The Outlook with Smitty and DJ Saturday. And the movie was on TV. Tom Carey just crushing it for those Jim, two years. Jim Carey. Jim Carey. Why did he say Tom? No idea. I don't know either. Did I say Tom earlier when I said Jim Carey? No, Tom? you said Jim Carey earlier. Okay. This so time you said Tom. That's just what happens, man. Uh, what about Aladdin. You know, got to give Aladdin a little bit of a shout out. Here we go. Here's where people are going to disagree with me, and I don't really care. Oh, no. Oh, don't say it. Don't well, say I've the actually, new one was better. The new than the one was one. better. No, don't you say it, bro. The new one was better. I knew you were going to say that. It was, man. And here's the thing. The original was very, very good. Yeah. And I'll even say this, which may surprise people. Will Smith was not better than Robin Williams. Mm. I will say that. But the movie overall was better. Okay, haven't seen. It, I thought so Will I Smith really... did a great job, but it's like one of those things that like you can never replace somebody like that. Yeah, all right. Like it felt like that. If there was ever a role that it felt like something was made for somebody, it was Genie with Robin Williams. Just like I'm never gonna get any Kobe's ever again. Yeah, I can't afford them now. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Uh, what What about shout out to Blue Chips? Oh, great movie, dude. Underrated basketball movie. Second favorite movie on this list, Clerks. You ever seen the original Clerks? Bro, I was Silent Bob for Halloween. Well, I didn't know if you've seen the original because it's black and white. You know, classic movie there as well, too. What about another movie reference we've talked about, D2 Mighty Ducks? Dude, you see they're coming out with a Mighty Ducks TV show? No. Mr. Gordon Bombay himself will make an appearance as coach again. Oh, my goodness. Also. With Cher? Dude, have you seen Goldberg lately? No. You haven't seen it? No. It's terrible. I'm not. Sad. I'm not going to make a joke about it, but uh, I'll show you later. He is heavily on drugs. Oh. Might, might weigh 120 pounds. And looks absolutely terrible in his mugshot. Yeah. So that's not a good situation. Hopefully Goldberg can get it right. This is not the first time that I've seen him do this and then he's recovered and yeah, it's not good. Was he goalie? He was goalie. He was the goalie. So yeah, he was also uh, the guy in heavyweights. Yeah. I was just trying to think of what position he played for on Mighty Ducks. So we're gonna can't be a hundred and twenty pound goalie there, Goldberg. By the way, this girl complains about everything. Schneeshik? Yeah. Hey, Say, what happened, ref? She's still complaining. They hit the ball, ref. What? Yeah. Why don't you get another shoulder brace? Oh, I don't know if I'd take shots at her shoulder brace there. Uh, what What about also classic movie reference, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Ooh. Had to throw this one in here. Shout out to Charlie. You got Lassie. Uh, what about The Little Giants? Oh, great movie. I referenced that movie the other day. So I'm saying we got a bunch of movie references on here lately. The Little Rascals, no movie reference there, but still classic. I wave like them sometimes. Yep, at Darla. Quick, what's the number to 911? <laughs> Major League Two. Not as, or that was still pretty good. Not as good as the first one, but it's still pretty good. Okay. What about Men of War? Pretty good one. Don't know that one. Natural Born Killers. That That's another classic. 
uh, Richie Rich. Oh, solid movie, dude. He had a McDonald's in his house. And we referenced that the other day, too, so we had to give and that. And he had a roller coaster. That's pretty impressive. Uh, shout out to The Jungle Book, another Disney movie. Wait, uh, that was the that was the live-action Jungle Book, which I went back and watched probably about four or five years ago, and guess what? It was hot garbage. Shocker. It was terrible. Spoiler alert. What about Shawshank Redemption? Dude, how did you mention that so far back? Because it's not in order of name. It's in order of value, bro. Okay. So that's the as one As long I as you say with. it like that, then that's fine. Yeah, I already told you. Clerks and Pulp Fiction were the two best movies on that list. No, dude. Okay. Shawshank Redemption is one of the greatest movies ever made. Well, that's why we're going to end with it as far as the movies. And we're, we're gonna... good, because that's... I think a lot of people will agree with me on that one. And I, like, I'm not yeah. saying that you don't like it, but I think a lot of people will agree with me that Shawshank Redemption is one of the best movies ever made. Not one of my personal favorites, but I can understand why you know, it could be in that consideration. I mean, we know Theo Vaughn likes it. He quotes yeah. it all the time. That's his truth. <laughs> Does it take 60 years for you know, man, <laughs> to man to stay in prison? <laughs> what, what about music? We've got some more terrible music to be made. Let See, me just you said you. it was terrible last time, and it was great. Early 90s. You know, music's just... Your dude, you're just a hater. It's not cutting it. And you're what, uncultured. What about The Sign by Ace of Bass? I saw The Sign. That yeah. opened up my eyes. I saw The Sign. You feel happy now, probably. That, Great that would song, be my dude. guess. What Great about song. I Swear, All For Oh, Love? dude, yes. Or You'll Make Love To You by Boys, Boys to Men. Boys to Men, dude. Yeah. Or What a Man Want by Salt and Peppa. That's probably your... I know uh, What a Girl Wants by Christina Aguilera. That's a good one. But this one, salt and pepper, not so much. You probably sing it in uh, karaoke. Um, what about the only one that I like? I think it's actually Regulators, but uh, it's yeah, said, mount up. It said Regulate by Warren G and Nate Dog. Mm-hmm. That, that's a classic. Uh, Whoop! There it is, tag team. That's another classic. Like if you had Jock Jams, you know, you got got to get a little Whoop! There it is. Um, there was also speculation as to what they were saying in that, wasn't there? I think so. Womp bad, wasn't that what I oh, thought they were saying? Maybe I didn't know that. Hmm. Fun fact for you. Uh, what about Linger by the Cranberries? Dude, don't. If you hate on the Cranberries, dude. I'm not hating on the Cranberries, bro. Cranberries, super underrated. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Cranberries is great because it makes you urinate. Cranberries, so they sang a song called, uh, I, my mind just went totally blank, uh, Zombie. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you've ever Zombie. heard that song. Yeah. Zombie. Great, great song. Korean Zombie comes out to it, bro. Oh, does he? Fighter. Yeah, classic. So a lot of people don't know what that song's about, but I mean, I'm not going to go into that part. So me, my buddy Matt, <laughs> were at O'Shea's one night, and it was, you know, they'll have live music there Yeah. on the inside. So we're sitting on the outside of the bar because we got some food, and we're sitting there eating. And these bros are across the bar from us, and they're standing in front of where the girls are playing. Yeah. And this this bro's just like, play zombie! Play zombie! She's like, well, I've already played it earlier. He was like, come on, play She's like, but just for you, we'll play zombie again. Oh. So they played zombie, and these dudes rocked it, dude. They sang uh-huh. at lyric for lyric with them, and like the girls started laughing kind of in the middle of it, and I was like... Oh, he totally got that number. Uh, well, no, he he was gone. Just like, like I'm about to get the number of number 21 on the UofL Cardinals girls team. Gone, dude. He was gone. Yeah. He said that... Sounds it, like if he was requesting I think it was. I think that was Oaks Day is what it was. Oh, I man. think he said... 
he was at Oaks yeah. that all day, and they were drinking all day, and he got to, this was at like 11, and he was just absolutely trashed. It's impressive that he's still awake at that point. I've it was, seen... but he was barely hanging on. Yeah, I've seen many people. zombie. <laughs> Me and my buddy Matt will say that to each other every once in a while. Just like we'll be sitting somewhere and somebody playing music. We'll just be like, play zombie. <laughs> it's classic. Fun story. Well, last last two songs I've got for you. I've got Gin and Juice by Snoop Dogg. Another, Solid. Another good one. And fun backstory to Loser by Beck. So in my younger years, I played up on uh, an older team. And we had a coach by the name of Mr. McKay, Coach McKay. And we would drive two games. And I'm not sure why he thought this was a good idea, but he would play Loser by Beck on repeat. <laughs> and that was a team that we did not win many games. So, yeah, that was your buddy Michael Stastny um, and his grade who – reason why I had to play up was because some of them were ineligible due to maybe academics, maybe to off-the-court issues, which also would include academics. Whatever it was, I think Beck spoke into fruition what was going to happen that evening. First game of the year, I actually got pantsed. I went shot, jump shot. The dude pantsed me, and it just set the precedent. Who, who for pantsed the you? Christian Academy. Who did it? I don't know. Some some eighth grader when I was a fifth grader. That's a jerk, man. Yeah, it's a good move because bullying's not fun. Definitely got in my head for the rest of the game. Did you score? Yeah, scored a couple buckets. When you play the whole game because you only have six players on the team, <laughs> you get to score on occasion. <laughs> so that that's my fun facts for you. I still think '95 has the better movies, but you got to admit there there were some good ones to be had in '94 too. Yes, and music, both of them suck. No, the music, both of them were really good. Well, hey, to each their own. So what do you got for us today? I thought, you. so you don't got a, who am I? Oh, I do have a who am I, yeah, but it's on I'm, a I'm different sitting, page. You're look, I'm like, why, Sorry, is he, bro. I'm like, why is he looking at me like this? Sorry, I got like 50 pages of notes today. I came prepared. Uh, so we already mentioned number 26 was a little tough find, right? But yes. your boy made it work. So we'll start off with fun facts uh, number one, born in Paramount, California. I've heard that good movies come from there. Um, like Paramount Pictures. Is that where it's at? I have no clue. I just correlated those two together by reading it. Fun fact number two, listed as 6'7", 212 pounds. I think this is the person I oh, thought it was. no. Well, there's only seven options, once again. I think this is the person I thought it was. If you know him by 26, I could see it being true. Now, fact number three, his mother once scored 74 points in a high school game. That's rather impressive, and you didn't know that. I did not. Fun fact number four, he can actually clap with one hand. Not so impressive. I know somebody that can do that. Do you? Yeah. I know. know. I've seen a girl that can clap with no hands. Well, okay. Uh, I would. I think I'm gonna have to do some research on that and see for myself. But additionally, fun fact number five: he's one of six players to res- to listen. Calm down now. I gotta focus. He's he's one of six players to repeat as the Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year. 
Yeah, I knew who it was. Oh, man. I knew it was before you gave me a hint. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't say it beforehand. I am too, 26. I mean, I'd, I'd have played it off totally, just like I read it that one day and played it off. Uh, but the other players who repeated as the Missouri Valley Conference of the Year, give me one of them. You know one of them. Doug McDermott. No. Missouri Valley? You know one of them. Because somebody's favorite team was in the Missouri Valley Conference at one point in time. Oh, Daryl Griffith. No. We actually just saw him the other day. We saw him? Yes. Oh, uh, Junior Bridgman. Junior Bridgman is correct. Shout out to all your local Arby's and Wendy's and Golden Corrals. Check them out. (laughs) Um, What about Xavier McDaniels? Oh, so another cool story. Uh Uh-oh. I like telling these cool stories because it it takes a little break from your uh, lame intro. Because they're cool. That we do. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is a, it actually is fun. As much crap as I give you, I like doing the intro. No, don't. You can't say things like that on air, bro. So, uh, my cousin Jerry Lee and I were just talking about Xavier McDaniel the other day. Yeah. And he said that Xavier McDaniel is the only player in NBA history that he is still afraid of to this day as a as an adult because he feels like he would, if he ever played with Xavier McDaniel, that Xavier McDaniel would beat him up. Not Oakley. No, Oakley is worrisome to me. He said Xavier McDaniel. I don't. I mean, I I wasn't yeah, the X-Man. really. Yeah, and I had basketball cards of him, but I, it's different seeing basketball because you, you see basketball cards of people and just like, oh, they don't look so tough. And then you see him play, and you're like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to mess with that guy. Yeah, yeah. There's many. Greg Ostertag. <laughs> Come oh. on, man. Are you serious? No, he just you know he looks like he's probably a guy who was at one point cleaning toilets. He All right, I like, got one for you. Who wins who in a got? fight, Greg Ostertag or Chris Dudley? Oh, definitely Ostertag. I'd probably agree with you because I think back to that play where Shaq Punked dunked him. on Dudley. But Dudley did throw the ball at him. You got to give him credit. He threw it all the way to half court and hit Shaq in the back. And then, for better judgment, decided, you know, he probably keep shouldn't. Charging. Yeah, probably shouldn't so, get involved. You know involved. what? No, I'm going with Dudley. All of his chest hair and everything, I'm uh, going with Chris okay. Dudley. I'm, I think I could be Dudley And his Dudley terrible free throw percentage. Yeah. <laughs> and dance the, moves. One of the worst. No, that was uh, that was Mark Madsen, wasn't it? Mark Madsen also. Well, actually, I don't think those dance moves were terrible. But Mark Madsen's dance moves were terrible. They probably weren't good. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not a good judge of dance moves because I I don't know what dance moves are. So maybe I should <laughs> leave that up to somebody else. But let's get back to the fun facts. Uh, oh, the other players I forgot to mention this: Lewis Lloyd, Hershey Hawkins, and. Ooh. Yeah, Hershey Hawkins is part a classic. of a sick Sonics team. And what? What about the uh, Sixers as well, too? There, bro, hey, dude, that Sonics team was sick. Wore the greatest Sixers jersey of all time. They were they were really good. Yeah, they had a good the team. jerseys. De- De- well, and the Sonics team had a pretty good team. Devil yes. Shrimp, and they had sick jerseys too with the city skyline on it. They were pretty good. Yeah, I think those were actually the retro ones before that. I think that one might have been a little bit later, but I could be mistaken in my years. Um, and final two fun facts. He previously held the NBA record for most consecutive games with a three-point shot made. Now, a guy by the name of Steph Curry kind of broke that. And I think he hit 157, Steph Curry did. Um, final fun fact, number seven. He has played for six NBA teams in no specific order. You've got the Utah Jazz. You've got the... Cleveland Cavaliers. You've got the Chicago Bulls. You got the Milwaukee Bucks. 
you've got the I'm going to give you the one that I think you're going to remember the Philadelphia 76ers and yeah. last but not least so we said the Sixers the Bulls the Bucks Cavs the Cavs you're missing one in which was the only time he had an all-star appearance the Hawks the Hawks the Hawks yep so one time all-star as well too probably didn't deserve it but hey he got it yeah four players from that yeah, team that was were all-stars that was almost the whole starting lineup got it yeah everybody right. except for Damari Carroll which I feel like he's probably he's probably the only one still in the league, ain't he? Well, he or no, Corver no, Horf, Horford is, yeah, yeah, and Corver is. Yeah, Corver's playing for the Bucks. Well, you just gave away the answer, so. Oh man, why did you <laughs> let me do that? I didn't mean to. Well, you set me up on purpose for that. I did not. Good thing I had at least already given all the hints. Anyways, we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. What did you just do? Fun fact number one: They were born in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Oh. Fun fact number two, six foot, 205 pounds. I don't know why that's fun, but it's a fact. <laughs> you said that it's so stern. Six foot, 205 pounds. Weighing in. Yeah. At a whopping six foot, 205 pounds. Probably not weighing in. But anyways, while he was playing in the NFL, he was actually accused of stealing $70 from a tip jar in a West Lafayette bar. What was he doing in West Lafayette playing well, in the NFL? You'll, we'll get back to that later. This is what we call circling. I need you to pay attention on this one because this one's not going to be an easy one for yeah, you. It's already not easy because I'm guessing now, him being from Fort Wayne and being in West Lafayette, he went back to Purdue. So Ooh, That's well, just the stuff that I'm kind of connecting. Fun fact number four, he played for four NFL teams. The Ravens, the Raiders, the Steelers. And the 49ers, no specific order on that either. I, I put them out of order on purpose to try to make it difficult. Fun fact number five, he's a one-time Super Bowl champion, 11-time Pro Bowler. Uh, by the way, that Super Bowl championship was Super Bowl 35 with the Baltimore Ravens. 11-time Pro Bowler, 9-time All-Pro Team, 1993 Defensive Player of the Year. 1993 AFC Player of the Year, two-time NFL interception leader, 99 in 2002, and a three-time first-team All-Big Ten, um, a three-time first-team All-Big Ten appearance. So maybe that references what you mentioned earlier about West Lafayette. Now, additionally, he accepted, not accepted, (laughs) <laughs> he accepted a full scholarship to Purdue University, and he did that because he wanted to pursue a degree in electrical engineering. At Purdue, he was actually a cornerback, a kick returner, a running back, and a wide receiver. Now, one of those positions he played later in the NFL, as well as a position in which he didn't play on that list as well, too, in the NFL. Fun fact number seven, final fact. He played 17 years in the NFL, 1987 to 2003. Sheesh. He only wore the number 26 in his career. That's the only number he wore. That's why I chose him. And he also holds the NFL record for fumble recoveries by a defensive player. 32 fumble recoveries. Yeah, well, I mean, when you play 40 years, you're going to get a decent amount of fumble recoveries. (laughs) But that's defensive. And then also he holds the record for most interceptions returned for a touchdown with 12. Very impressive as well, too. Who am I? 
It's been a while since I've stumped you. I could have uh-huh. gone with a guy by the name of Saquon Barkley. Could have gone with Le'Veon Bell. Could have gone with who else was twenty. You should have gone with one of them because you're going to stump me today. Because I honestly have zero idea. I'll be like, honest. I'm trying to put together like who the like from the teams like who he played for. Right. So and, think of he went to Purdue. Obviously, yeah. That, that didn't help me a ton. It didn't help me at all. The time frame in which he played also was like right before, you know, like. 93 when he was in his prime i would say i mean if you're afc player of the year and nfl defensive player of the year that's probably your prime that was right when i was obviously starting watching football on a more regular basis um the team that he's most known for playing for is the steelers i think he played for the steelers for 10 years but the team that i knew him from was the ravens because like i said of his super bowl appearance in in the 35th Super Bowl. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you I have zero clue who this is. Okay. Like, I, I legitimately, like, there wasn't, like, a part where I was like, yep, I think I know who this No, I don't know who this is at all. I took back my offer to ask number 21 out, and we're changing it to a Notre Dame girl. She's a little feisty. Uh, but we're going to go with. She needs to leave my, my girl alone, dude. I know. That's very aggressive of her. Um, actually, I think they should, I think she should fire harder next time. With that being said. First name was, I already gave it away. Luckily, I got all the hints out this time before I did that. When did you give his name away? Whenever I said he's still in the league. Rookie mistake on my part. Kyle When you said, oh, yes, okay. I thought you were talking about, you gave the second guy's name away. Nope. Yes, Kyle Corver is still in the league. Second one was known for laying the wood. He was Troy Polamalu before Rod Troy. Woodson. Rod Woodson is correct. Out of every listen, I just gave you seven hints. But and the I only say, reason I knew that is because I've got you jokes. said Rod Wood. You known for laying the wood. Rod Woodson played safety and DB, which is goes along with the, which correlates with what you said because you never mentioned him playing safety in college. Right. So him playing safety. See, I can think on the fly here, piecing it together. Yeah. That was very impressive. But I had zero idea that Rod Woodson went to Purdue. I didn't either. And shout out to D. Maybe D knows. Oh, I guarantee you D knows that. Yeah. We'll see if he can get one. Yeah. So those those are who I got. So I guess that moves us to our locks of the week. Boom. My lock of the week from last week, I don't remember what it was. Oh, man. Uh, Obviously, it was a winner. I think it was. Oh, of course so. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say it was. Keep my streak going. Yeah, I honestly don't too. remember. Um. Uh, my lock of the week this week, I'm going out to the West Coast. Mon. I'm going to take the running John Stockton's over the running Steve Nash's. So that's Gonzaga and Santa Clara for all you people keeping record at home. What was the spread you saw, though? The spread though? is 18 for Gonzaga. Gonzaga will cover the 18-point spread. Okay. I'm going back to my old beef ways and taking the big spots. I think you cheated. I saw 18 and a half. I mean, either way, it's the same thing. But the problem is, did you look at Santa Clara's record? No. I'm just saying you're in for a tough one, bro. I don't care. That's all I'm saying. Is it at Santa Clara? Yep, that's that. That's right. At Santa Clara. Tra- trap them game for you. Well, fun fact, you know, didn't have a terrible... You sound like this dude I work with. He said that he what? was afraid of a trap game last night for Louisville. And I said, in order for it to be a trap game, you actually have to have a good game after it. Okay. Well, do you, 
And I said they're playing hey, in, they're hey, playing hey. NC State next. Okay. Yeah, we're not playing you all. But guess what? Is a trap game on your roster? Is there a trap game? <clears throat> is that what you're asking? Might be the color of the shirt that I'm wearing today. No, I'm, currently. Is, I'm saying, is that what you're asking? That's me? all I'm saying. Yes. I'm just saying, who's the better team? U of L. Is there a trap game on your roster, North Carolina? Watch out. That's all I'm saying. Speak it into existence. Trap game. Da 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 da. Cole Anthony will be back. Garrison Brooks I mean, will have 20. You, I don't know what you're digging for here. A win. That's what I'm trying to dig for. Let's a winning not... record. 15 and 16 is what I have their record as ending the season. We need that win in UofL to make it 16 and 15, okay? Look, you get your wins against everybody else in the league. No, we lost twice to Pittsburgh already, okay? So just let me I, have a I moment. don't want you guys winning that game. I got a cousin coming up from North Carolina. That's right. And I don't want you guys making him happy. Bring the Carolina vibe with him. But seriously, last week, I didn't have a terrible week. I missed um, the Lakers and the Nets under. Remember, I took 228.5, just a little bit over that. But I did hit the rest of the picks besides Washington. Washington is not playing so well right now. Lost to Utah last week, but got the Wizards at Cleveland over 231. Um, got Rafael Dos Anjos over Michael Chiesa. Didn't get that one. Fun fact. Uh, Montel Jackson over Felipe Colares. Montel Jordan. Yep. One in formidable fashion. He actually came out to a Whitney Houston song, by the way. First time I've ever seen that and heard of that. Interesting. So, by the way, we had originally planned to do the episode yesterday, right? We had. And so your boy had... Substantial amount of picks ready for it. I, I apologize. It is neither one of ours' fault. It's nobody's fault. But I wanted to make sure. So I actually had like six of them. And then whenever I heard we weren't doing I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go cojones deep. And I'm going to go with like 15 picks, right? Well, your boy went 11, 2, and 2. So that's two pushes, 11 wins, and two misses. The only two I missed was our buddy, Q, couldn't take his Xavier Musketeers over Marquette by two and a half favorites and West Virginia two and a half point underdogs to Texas Tech. Look at that score on the bottom line. Mm, 22 to zero. Close game. In the second quarter. No points <laughs> in the first quarter. That's devastating. And they don't have any points almost three minutes into the second quarter. That's devastating. So instead, what I'm going to do this week is I'm going to help you. Oh, by the way, I also told you off air, had a 15-team parlay on the money line. For people at home who don't know what that means, that means I just took those teams to win. I didn't take them against the spread. And old uh, East Tennessee State kind of gave me Can the – burn in hell. They Yeah. Everybody else, I had UK on it. Shout out to the UK. Also had U of L to keep the peace. Hey, here it is. Yep. And then had uh, Furman. Any Furman fans out there, shout out to you. Furman? What about Sam Houston State? So, you know what I'm saying? That's what, what, that's what, what I'm dealing with. What was potential payout of said? $10 bet. Okay. Substantial amount. When you put 15 teams on it, substantial amount. Now, a lot of those money lines were high spreads. Yeah. That's kind of where the thought originated in. 
but what would have been a nice little payout is all I'm going to say. For tax purposes, I'm not going to answer that you question. You didn't win, so it doesn't matter. That's right. And just in case the IRS is listening at home, I've it never won any bets in the history of my betting career. Okay? I've lost a lot of money. And you I think, won bets with me, you liar. I think that should but be the a payout was the payout was here. That's right. Side note. What? Did you hear what Katie said to me on Saturday? Uh, we had a surprise birthday oh, party for this guy here. I forget what Katie said. So no, it wasn't a surprise birthday party. First and foremost, look, don't give that away. Okay, because I thought I did a pretty good job at still covering for him. Even did I do a good job of that? Yeah, it wasn't you who covered. Who? Well, besides the fact that you said, "Hey, what are we going over to Max for Saturday?" <laughs> well, that's a good. That's good acting. I was great acting. Because you were like, dude, don't try to cover for him. And I was like, I don't know what I'm covering for. That's right. He legitimately texted me and said, hey, do you want to come over? Right. And you... Because you, you and Mac hang out quite frequently. I told you Mac called me on my... He FaceTimed me on my birthday. You did tell me that. That is true. And that was... Honestly, all jokes aside, that was one of the more meaningful birthday... Someone telling me happy birthday that I've had maybe in my life. Yeah. The fact that someone... He was like, hey, man, I know a lot of people told you happy birthday... But I wanted to be the last possible person to tell you happy birthday. While he was doing baby squats. He was, dude. That was that was fun. So we're sitting there at the table, me and Katie and DJ. And Katie goes, uh Katie was eating pretzels off the ground, by the way. Yes. I hate to put her information out there. Well, no, I'm just saying I watched it. We're bro. putting her in the streets, dude, because of what she said to me. <laughs> she goes, So you're getting your hair cut before September, right? Oh, yeah. It's like, I forgot about that. I told DJ to get his bridezilla out of my face. And I, I actually answered her with, yeah, he does need a trim, doesn't he? But <laughs> She didn't like that answer. I don't think she enjoyed it either. So what I'm going to do is I've already said I'm growing the stash out until then. And so in the crowd, I'm just going to have this huge monstrous. I might even like wax it up. You know how like the Western put that curl on it? I think that's what I'm going to go for. Nice. So let's let's see how far we can get it. But anyways, back back to my lock of the week. I got a little sidetracked here. I'm I'm notorious for getting sidetracked, if you didn't know this. from I'm notorious at doing anything on purpose. That's right. So lock number one, I'm going to take NBA games tonight. I'm taking the Denver Nuggets as one-and-a-half-point favorites over the Utah Jazz. That game's at home. I'm also going to take the Boston Celtics as 13-point favorites over Golden State, also at home. And the Philadelphia 76ers as seven-point favorites in Atlanta. So those are my three NBA locks. Now, additionally, I'm taking the home court in Big Ten. Illinois is five-and-a-half-point favorites over Minnesota. Maryland is five-and-a-half-point favorites over Iowa. Lock both of those games. And the last couple of picks I have for you all in college basketball. Colorado, four-and-a-half-point favorites at UCLA. Hofstra getting a shout-out as six-point favorites at Elon. Here's the real thing. Can you name a player that played for Hofstra? Yeah, Benny Hofmeister. No. There's actually a player that played for one of your favorite teams in the NBA. Dan Dickow. That was Gonzaga. That actually. was Gonzaga. No. Um, he had his, his name. I'm pretty sure it was his nickname, but that's the only thing that he went by. Hofstra. And it was a cool name. So it's going to be the Sixers. Yes. And I feel like I do recall a Hofstra player, but I don't remember who it is, to be honest. You want the answer? Yeah, I do. Speedy Claxton. Speedy. That's, that's right. Speedy. Great player. Speedy Claxton. He was solid. He was solid. Yeah. Like, didn't do anything great, but he didn't hurt you. 
No, well, I think his career was kind of that. But initially, when he came in to play for the Sixers, he had a couple of good games. He, he had a couple of good years, I felt like. Like, yeah. nothing like, oh, my two God, years. but he had a couple of good years, yeah. Yeah, a couple were saying, two. We'll give him two good years. Great jerseys then as well, too. Classics. Yeah. Um, and, and then the last ones, rounding it out, I'm taking William and Mary as two-point favorites over Northeastern. That's my most worrisome pick on here. That, that Northeastern team you got to watch out for. William and Mary – not so great. Anyways, Florida International FIU, two-point favorite over Marshall. And San Francisco, the team that I was really high on earlier this year, I'm going back to them, six-point favorites at San Diego. So those are my locks of the week. Now, I also have a, I think, 20-team parlay that I didn't put anything on, but I'm going to show you those teams as well, too. So whenever I hit it, you can say, oh, yeah, my buddy told me these were going to be right, too. Nice. You're welcome. Uh, side note, did you know that Speedy Claxton had a son that played for Georgia? And they named him Slowey. No. Uh, Nicholas Claxton. Reginald. Nicholas Claxton. Had mm. no idea that was his son. Now, hey man, Speedy, don't name your son Nicholas, bro. Well, his name's not really Speedy. You know what his name actually is? Pedestrian. Nope. What? Slow. Oh. Claxton, actually. Slow. No. Craig Elliott Speedy Claxton. Craig. Okay. Craig Claxton. Daddy. That's actually a lot cooler sounding. Craig Claxton. Bro. That's got a little Craig, bit of a ring to it. Craig Claxton's chewing. Hey, what up, Craig? Yeah. Are you going to get fired on your day off, Craig? But so is Speedy, though. It's, it's You know, it's that's kind of tough. Yeah, I Speedy's like, better. I like, no, Speedy's I know, better. Man. What about, uh, you know, Precious Achua? Have, have you seen his family's name? Is that his... Precious isn't his real name? Precious is his real name, but have you seen his brothers and sisters and fathers and their... Diamond? God's will. God's plan. No. I promise. Look they up the list. They named their kid after a, dr- after a Drake song? No, not after a Drake song, but it was before a Drake song. Drake, Drake you know, he's notorious Drake. for stealing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me that Drake stole his his from song, the Achua song family. from the Achua family. Terrible, bro. I'm sorry, Achuas. Yeah. But look it up for real. Look at the list of the Achua family's names, and you'll be fascinated. What about by the, it. who's the guy that just committed to play football? Uh, what's the coldest to ever do it? Yeah, Dakotas. Yeah, Dakotas to ever do it's the best name ever. Uh, I mean, it's because that's his real name. Yeah. Dakotas to ever do it. Do you know what my real name is, by the way? Uh, it was almost on a birth certificate. Yeah. Brian James, Aloysius Bartholomew, Rufus Pixley, Elvis the Third, Cadel. No, it's not. I'm just saying. Check check the record. Well, we'll ask we'll ask your dad because your dad normally comments to us on on our episodes. He actually said he was looking forward to. Uh, the karaoke night in hopes that he gets the invite. <laughs> so. no, I think that's because he knows I don't uh, karaoke so well. So he's he's probably got the tomatoes ready. Yeah. Tomato, tomato. Oh, had a debate the other day because someone didn't know that a tomato was a fruit. Oh, no. So yeah. did you win any money? No. For the IRS I'll, purposes, no. I also could have won money today as well. Oh. Or I could have won free lunch. But, you know, one that's of those That's better ones than money. You know those ones where it's like you know something's right and you're like, yeah, this person's so confident in stuff, I don't want to ruin their day. So I'll just show them that they're wrong, but I won't take the bet. Right. That's what I did. Saved them. Yeah. You must have really liked that person. They tried to tell me that Cuba wasn't part of North America. 
that's an interesting argument to get into. Yeah, they're like, no, it's not. It's not part of North America. I said, it's not part of North America. What's part of? South America was their argument. No, he just said it's just there. I said, so you're oh, telling it's an me, island? so you're just telling me that Cuba's just out there and it's not part of anything. I could see there being a legitimate argument for why it should be South America. And they, yeah, but they didn't say that. Mm. And then uh, another person also told me that. Oh, don't guard her. Don't worry about that. If you're from the Philippines, that you are not Asian. Oh. And I said, yes. I said, if you're from Russia, you're Asian. And I said, you're crazy. I said, okay, Google it. I taught you that. No, I already on, knew that. Oh, no. Don't act like you knew that. I, I taught did you know that, that on the podcast. I did know that. That was in my intro on number 67. Well, see, this is the part they were like, you can't sit, like, that's terrible for you to call someone from the Philippines Asian. I said, it's terrible for you to pigeonhole someone because mm-hmm. you think that calling someone Asian is actually a race instead of where they're from. Yeah, you pigeonholer. Yeah. It's like me calling someone from Mexico an American because that's what they are. They're an American. They're a North American person. They're from America. Well, now we're scrupulating, bro. I'm not. I'm just saying, man. People just need to know geography better. Right. I'm pretty good at geography. I, I when you I get me on well. a pool table, I got all those angles down. I can't say I can do that, but I'm pretty good at geography. Mm. All right. So back to your long uh, locks of the week. No, that was it. Hopefully, listen. Hopefully, you at home are winning. Lots of kisses from your significant other because of that. Yeah, yeah, I guess. That's what, you know, the gambling world lives on, kisses. So um, now I guess I know we make jokes all the time. and uh, What? We do. I mean, we make jokes all the time, all jokes aside again. But, you know, there's sometimes that, you know, there's serious stuff to talk about and there's things that we feel as sports fans ourselves that – if something happens in certain times, we got to talk about it. And we would not do everyone justice if we didn't talk about it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go first because BJ informed me he had something that he wanted to say as well. So <clears throat> you all have listened to this podcast. The people that listen to it on a regular basis for 126 episodes have heard my thoughts about Kobe Bryant, have heard everything. So Crystal put out a tweet the other day, my good friend uh, Crystal, uh, Tony's wife. And said, you know, um, I always gave Tony a lot of crap, but I see how much this really means to him, and I see how much uh, this has affected a lot of people, including myself. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that my Kobe slander is no more. And I tweeted her, and I said, mine has also gone. You will never hear me for the rest of my life slander the Kobe Bryant. And again, I've never... Like legitimately, like said, like that, like. But you'll never hear me joke like that stuff anymore. It's just not going to happen. I said, what what happened Sunday was a terrible thing, not just for the Bryan family, but for all the families involved. Um, It was a freak accident. I mean, the guy flew in a helicopter thousands of times. Right. I mean, talked about flying down for, you know, training and then coming back and taking his kids to school and then flying back down to work out some more and then coming back and picking them up from school. I mean, did it all the time, even when he was playing. To save on traffic time so he could be around his kids more. That's what you do in L.A. I mean, you have to almost if you're going to be in multiple places of the city in a day. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I'll say, man, is uh, I never would have thought that Kobe Bryant passing away would have ever affected me the way that it has. Right. Because of the feelings that I always had for Kobe as a player. 
I never disrespected Kobe as a person because every time he, he was very um, seemed he actually seemed nice despite what you heard as him heard of him as a teammate. Um, he was always very well spoken. Uh, always seemed considerate when it came to interviews. There was nothing really. I mean, there was the one thing that came out a long time ago, but that's not even going to creep into any type of conversation that we're going to have. Right. Um, Which I think now in the day and age, by the way, there's more information that has came out that, yeah. you know, money is a very, it, it makes people do different things. For and sure. Maybe that situation was somebody interested in obtaining some additional funds. And I think the reason, another reason why it's affected me so much, because I mean, you and I have grown up watching the NBA and watching college basketball and watching everything right. our whole lives. So these guys are like heroes to us because of you know it's it's what we've grown up with. Right. And now to see guys like you know, Derek Fisher and Rick Fox, Shaq, Reggie Miller, Dwayne Wade, you know Kenny and Chuck and you know Ernie Johnson, see guys like Tracy McGrady, um, and now even the players. That are playing now, you know your Kyrie Irving's, your, uh, I mean, there's so many people that you could name. I just like I don't want to leave anybody out, but to see them affected so bad, and to see someone like Shaq, who you think is an immovable object, really break down on TV. One, it's, I mean, it sucks to see that, but something that I will take from this. I think there's two big things that you can. So I don't know if you watched the inside the NBA Tuesday when they canceled the Lakers game. Some of it, but I didn't see all of it. So the last thing that he said, they were going off air, and he said, "No, I want to say one more thing." So in that in that half circle, they had Derek Fisher, they had Rick Fox, the Shaq, Ernie Johnson, Kenny Smith, Chuck, and uh, then Dwayne Wade. And he said, "Man, this thing has taught me one thing more than anything." He said, "Well, I never would have thought in a million years that I would be." up here talking about my little brother dying the way he has. And that's something he referred to Kobe the entire time he spoke on there. It was his little brother. And he said, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you all this. He said, anytime you see me, it's going to be I love you before you leave. That's what it's always going to be. It's always going to be love before we leave. He said, because you never know when that day is gonna, when that day could happen. Right. And another thing that some people may look at as being soft, Reggie Miller said it on there on one of the, on the Inside the NBA it's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset. And I feel like a lot of times in our culture, people look at men and they think that they can't do that. They think that they can't be upset. And some some guys still don't do it even though they know it's okay. They just don't like to show weakness or whatever. But something that this has shown is it's okay to grieve. It's okay to be upset. And I think that us seeing guys like that, on t- willing to do that on TV with you know someone they consider like their brother, I think is a huge step in our culture to show that, you know, sometimes it's okay to show vulnerability even though you play a sport or you have a career that you're not supposed to do that in. Right. Yeah, no signs of weakness on the court. Off the court, they're all humans as well too. And they feel the same emotions whether they show that and it's publicly notated or not, but they feel the same emotions that you go through on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, I I was talking to my dad yesterday and, you know, I told him the same stuff that I'm kind of saying now that, you know, I never would have thought that Kobe Bryant passing away would have affected me the way that it has. But, I mean, you think of these celebrities as someone that, even though you know in the in the back of your mind, these guys are human beings. Like, these guys are... You never think they're ever going to die. Right. And not only do you never think they're going to die, you never think they're going to die in something like that. You're like, oh, he's got too much money to die something like that. Right. Like, you just don't think it's going to happen. And then 
when you get a text or you see something, it's like Kobe Bryant dead. You're like, no. It's like whatever I'm saying. Like, no, it's not real. TMZ said it's not real. And then everybody started confirming. You're just like, I'm never going to see him on TV again. Like, it just, it's just crazy to me. Yeah. Blew me away. I mean, when you were the first person who had told me, and I just said to you, you know, there's no way. Yeah, you literally, that was your exact words. And, like, for you to say it that way, like, I knew, I already knew it was a big thing. But to see you react like that, because usually you're just like, oh, man, something like that. But you, right. no, there's no way. And I was like, yeah, it, it's going to hit him the same way it's hitting everybody else. That's a tough situation. And I, I thought about it a lot, and I thought, how, how do you put words out there about a person after they pass away? And the, the way I decided to do it is to write a, sh- a short monologue. And basically what I want to do is I want to paint a picture for – people listening at home give you a little bit of how i envision kobe bryant in my eyes but he was born in a beautiful city philadelphia pennsylvania on august 23rd 1978 and he passed away in calabasas california on january 26 2020 now most of us know him being fans of the nba as a 20-year nba veteran playing only for the lakers which is unheard of in today's game yeah i mean loyalty is something that he keyed on well let's let's call it it, it's unheard of ever in the nba because he's the only person to ever do it well and he had plenty of opportunities to go elsewhere and he also had plenty of down years in which he had the opportunity to retire whatever it may be but most people know him as a five-time nba champion an 18-time nba all-star 15-time All-NBA team, 12-time All-Defensive team, 2008 MVP, and then he led the NBA in scoring two times, fourth all-time in regular season scoring, fourth all-time in postseason scoring, but he was far more than a basketball player. He was also the son of former NBA player um, Jellybean Joe Bryant, Joe Jellybean Bryant, he was also the number one player in high school basketball his senior year. Played for Lower Marion High in Pennsylvania. That doesn't tell the story of Kobe Bryant in my mind either. I choose to look at his story in a light of dedication, determination, perseverance, and loyalty. He overcame adversity on and off the court many times in his lifetime. We referenced a couple of those situations previously. But to give you a little bit of his background, his freshman year of high school, his team went 4-20 and that year. And the following three years, he compiled a record of 72 wins and 13 losses. That is a picture of what Kobe is to me. His senior year, they won the state championship, which was the first state championship in 53 years for Lower Marion High. And he averaged 31 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals, and impressive 4 blocks as well, too. That somewhat surprised me when I looked at that as well, too. His tumultuous relationship with one of the all-time greats, Shaquille O'Neal, who we referenced earlier, was well-documented. But without Kobe, Shaq very reasonably would not have probably been a Laker. Um, To give you that backstory, before the 96 draft, the Lakers were actually looking to trade Vladi Divac to clear cap space to attempt to sign Shaq through free agency. The Lakers actually traded Vladi to Charlotte for the rights to their 13th pick in the draft. And with that draft pick, the Lakers requested the Charlotte, um, then Hornets, 
to draft Kobe that evening, roughly before the draft, five minutes or so before the draft. Shaq had already established himself as a player in the NBA after four years with the Orlando Magic, but Kobe needed to find his role on the team playing behind established veterans such as Eddie Jones, Nick Van Exel, and Byron Scott. By the end of that year, Kobe averaged about 15 minutes per game. Not much for an NBA player. No. You know what I mean? That's when Kobe got his chance to shine, and I think that's when Kobe truly became the Kobe that we know. The Lakers had advanced to the Western Conference semifinals against the Jazz. Byron Scott had a hurt wrist. Robert Ory had been ejected from the game, and Shaq had fouled out with a minute and 46 remaining in the fourth quarter. The game went to overtime, but the Lakers lost after Kobe shot four air balls in the end of the game, regulation, and overtime. That ended the Lakers' year, and they lost 4-1 to one to the Jazz. They were then eliminated. That's when Kobe went to work. Kobe became Kobe. Kobe spent countless hours in the gym shooting thousands of shots per day. He was determined and some would even say obsessed to not let those four shots define his career. In 1999, Kobe signed his first big NBA contract. It's actually a six-year extension for $70 million. We've seen it a million times. Many NBA players would have taken that money and became content, out of shape, not willing to do what it takes to become the greatest potentially of all time, not Kobe. Kobe had his eye on one thing, though. He, he fiend for an NBA championship. That year, he began a three-year reign of dominance alongside his counterpart Shaq and in 2002 adversity struck again and Kobe knew it well right when Kobe thought he was at the prime or the peak of his career they lost that year to the NBA champion San Antonio Spurs and then lost the next year to the Detroit Pistons as well too in 04 Shaq left Kobe to go to Miami the next year LA struggled LA didn't even make the playoffs actually so in 05-06, Kobe was rededicated. Um, in 05, oh, close game there as well, too. Uh, in 05 and 06, Kobe rededicated himself, and that's, in my opinion, when the legend of the Black Mamba began. That year, we witnessed him score 62 points in three quarters against the Mavs, 81 points against the Raptors, and he also scored 45 or more points in four consecutive games. That same year, he scored 40-plus in 27 total games and scored 2,832 points, which are both still Laker records. Pretty established franchise. Even with individual success, he fell short of the ultimate goal, and Kobe knew that. The next year, he did the impossible again, scoring 50-plus points in four straight, straight games. That year, he also scored 50 points in seven games. But they were once again eliminated by their nemesis around that time, the Phoenix Suns, a Steve Nash-led Phoenix Suns. Next year, he played all 82 games, which is unheard of as well, too, even with a broken finger. I've read the details on that. Torn ligaments and broken fingers continue to play. But in the offseason, he had um, publicly requested a trade. This was the one time that I saw Kobe as a human. Pressure was put on the Lakers to win, and they delivered in a big way. They added all-star Pau Gasol that offseason, but still fell short in the NBA Finals, losing to their rival, the Boston Celtics. The next season, the Lakers won a league-best 65 games and went on to win another NBA championship. That was in 2010. The Lakers finished atop the West then, 
and made it back to a revenge series in the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics. But, as I referenced earlier, my personal two favorites of Kobe did not come in a Lakers jersey. One of them came donned in the red, white, and blue as he represented our country with pride and passion in the 2008 and 2012 Olympic Games. You referenced LeBron and D. Wade speaking out about Kobe, and they were kind of pinned against him at one point in time by the media. The reality was they said all they wanted to do was impress Kobe because they looked up to him as their superior. Uh, My second favorite version of Kobe, though, was the new role of father, husband, and businessman in which he played seamlessly into. His shoes are iconic, known as the original low-top basketball shoe, the Nike Kobe 4. He also had a line of luxury watches. He's a big stakeholder in Body Armor Super Drink, which is now widely popular and successful. He also won an Academy Award, in which we referenced earlier, but this time it was for his animated short film, Deer Basketball. If you haven't seen that, you got to look back at that. Unbelievable. I didn't watch it until the day passed. Yeah. And it, yeah, it made me cry. Well, I remember it came out in the Players' Tribune, actually, when he was retiring. It was during that season, and it's just a prelude to that season, and it's phenomenal. Um, Highly intelligent individual as well, too. But... He also released a book. He had other business ventures as well. Thoughts and prayers are with the other victims of families. I think we should notate that as well, too, because we highlight two individuals in this helicopter accident. But especially our thoughts are with their family, the Bryant family, Vanessa, Natalia, Bianca, and Capri Bryant. Yes, is that all you got? Yeah, it was a good moment of silence, though. It was, yeah, I... Like I said, I mean, I mentioned it before. I never would have thought that something... I mean, you you always look at it, well, you know, sports are just games and all that stuff, but even if it's just a game, people like that can still affect you. People like oh, that can still have a, an impact on your life, and people like that can still strive, strive for you to do something. I mean, you take a look at these guys that were speaking about him. Uh, you know, Dwayne Wade. We didn't want to be pinned against him. We wanted to, We wanted to impress him. Right. The story that Derek Fisher told, which was around the same time that Dwayne Wade said that, did you see that when he's when they had lost to the Heat in Miami? Uh, I don't think so. So Dwayne Wade even confirmed this story and said he remembered this. So the Lakers traveled down to Miami and the Heat beat them. And the whole time that they were playing, Dwayne Wade kept hitting Kobe's arm when he was shooting. Okay. So after they lost, he was pissed, and he went changed out of his jersey, changed into practice gear, and got one of their developmental guys and said, all right, I don't care how long we stay here. I want you to hit me on my arm every time I shoot the ball until I can hit this without without it affecting my shot. Right. And he's, Dwayne Wade said that he is not lying about this. He said, our trainer came and got me and Braun, and he said, come here and look at this. He's like, what? And he said, we walked out there, and he was doing that in our gym. Yeah. So we couldn't let him out work us. We went and got our stuff on and went upstairs and worked out. And he was like, now, we didn't stay out there as long as Kobe did, but we still went up there and worked out. So, the like, I hate seeing people that are saying, this is just a salute, this is just a, an athlete, you shouldn't, like, it doesn't matter. I mean, we grew up with this, watching this person play basketball. Right. And it had an effect on our life in some form or fashion. And it's tough for me to just sit back I mean, Ryan talked about the other day on his Facebook, I don't know if you saw that, where he pulled up the clip of the 
the end of the sixty point game and showed it to his kids. Yeah. Because they'll they don't remember Kobe Bryant. Right. They don't know Kobe Bryant. So I watched the sixty point game the other the other day and I had you know, I had bashed Kobe. The last three minute three and a half minutes of that game, it's probably one of the more impressive three and a half minute stretches I've ever watched of any basketball game. Right. The guy had forty five points of three and a half minutes left and finished with sixty. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And every single one of those points were needed to win that game as well, too. Yes. Against, at that point, a reasonably decent Utah Jazz team. Yeah, I mean, they had already found out that they were eliminated, but it didn't change the fact that they're still professionals and still want to win. Right. You don't want to be known as the team that lost on Kobe Bryant's last game. Yeah, they were talking about Gordon Hayward. The story that came out that he stepped in intentionally to the lane. And he was like, I never did that. He said, I guarded Kobe with everything I had inside of me the entire night because that's what Kobe would have wanted me to do. And he put 60 on me. <laughs> so he's saying he didn't do that on purpose at the end? He did not. But he did step in the lane. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, that kind of takes away from the luster of it because I thought that was actually awesome of him I, to do that. I think it makes it better because I think it, when you say that somebody gave you something, he didn't need it. You know yeah. what I mean? Not, nothing was given to him that game, and that's what Kobe is. Kobe's yeah. taken everything he's earned, earned, and as you mentioned, he's worked for everything he's earned yeah. in his career as well, too. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, it's still crazy to me now to sit here and talk about it. And it, as one of the one of the videos I share every year was when Rich Eisen spoke about Stuart Scott uh, passing away, and at the end of it, he says. You know, Stuart Scott was, and he said, "I just can't, I can't believe I'm saying that in past tense." Right. And that's the way I feel right now with talking about Kobe Bryant. So I can't believe I'm saying was like it, like it, I can't. It, it still doesn't real, like it doesn't just. I, I can't think that he's actually gone. Somebody told me the other day, and and I didn't do the research on it, so I gotta be careful with this. But he's only the third MVP of all time to pass away. Blew blew my mind. I mean, someone of- yeah, someone told both of us at the same time. Out of all of the people that we've seen be elite players in the NBA and, and be MVPs, Kobe is the third one to pass away. I mean, there's so many more who we've watched the legends of the game stick around the game, and Kobe had so much to offer still to the game. It's just that's what's disappointing to me. He was passing down his knowledge to the next generation. He was a guy who yearned for that knowledge. We were just talking about Tex being on his uh, – sideline at games he went out and he recruited Tex to come there because Tex had worked with Jordan in the triangle offense and and uh helped develop his game further he's seeked out knowledge from players like Jordan he went against players like Iverson who were at their prime competitively it's hard to think of a guy who wanted it more than him that we grew up watching yeah I mean probably there's so many great stories that came out during this but another one of my favorites was from Dwayne Wade as well yeah. when uh, Dwayne talked about how you know his biggest moment was when he ripped Kobe in that his first year in the fourth quarter and then later on in that season or it might have been the next year uh, Miami's at home I think it was the no, it was the year they were in the finals and they were playing uh, Boston and Miami had already lost to them in the playoffs and he says he's sitting at a uh, a club in Miami, about to watch the. But he said just doing something. I don't know. And I keep getting this phone call from a private number. And he said if he said it just kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going. And he finally answered it and he said it was Kobe Bryant. <laughs> and he said, look, 
I need your help with something. He said, you're the best person I've seen with attacking the pick and roll. How do I beat? He said, you put so many points on them in this last series. What did you do? What do I do when they do this? What do I do when they do that? And he said, I told him what I did. And then to sit back and watch him the next day do what I told him to do and him flourish with it was probably one of the biggest things ever in my career. Right. To take and give that type of knowledge to somebody else is pretty impressive too. So shout out to Dwayne Wade for that. But to put in the work to get better at that, not many people are going to be able to do that. I heard a fun one last night as well too. I was watching a different game. I think it was Spatola who was actually talking about it. But he said the rumor was going around that Kobe went to Africa solely to watch lions stalk their prey. And so he finally got around Kobe and went and asked them about it and said, Kobe, I heard this rumor. Did you go to Africa and stalk your prey? And he just looked at him and didn't say yes or no. He said, why does it matter? You know what I mean? Like that's Kobe, like leave it in the air. You don't know exactly if he did or didn't. My guess is if I was a gambling man, I would say he did. Yeah, that's just type of the the predator that Kobe is, hence the Black Mamba nickname. Yeah, I like the story also. This to be the last one I say that uh, Jerry West told last night. He said that uh, he he said he saw Kobe right after Kobe came up because Kobe gave himself that nickname, but yeah. no one ever got mad at Kobe for giving himself that nickname. That's right. And also, he gave himself Vino. I didn't know that. Yep. So Jerry West said. Uh, you know, Kobe, uh, a mongoose kills the black mamba. And he said, no, not this black mamba. <laughs> yeah. So I, he said that was my that was one of the funniest things I ever, you know, that that, I, that I'd, whenever I was around him, he's like, you know, mongooses kill black mambas. And he said, nope, not this one. Not this black mamba. And I guarantee he meant it, too. Oh, absolutely. He said he looked at me square in the face and said, not this one. So, I mean, it's fun to talk about because, like I said, we grew up with it, but... <clears throat> it, we can't we can't uh, finish talking about him without saying again that you know our condolences, thoughts, and prayers are with all of the families involved because it's a terrible situation that it sucks for anyone to have to go through. And more information's coming out now, and I'll be honest, I don't even need it. You know what I mean? Like I was thinking about that the other day. I don't even want to know exactly what happened because it's a reality now that it has happened, and to hear that his daughter was still in his arms and. It's just I'm I'm good with where it is currently. Yeah. I don't need additional information on it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. But moving forward, this week this weekend there's a uh, somewhat of a big game. Apparently, we can't say the name of right. Uh, yeah, the superb hole as you called it earlier. Yeah, uh, matching up the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm going to let you bring out these prop bets i'll give you mine whenever you say them but i'm also going to say something after that that i haven't even talked to you about but i think that you will be like okay yeah i'll do that too so we'll go ahead with the prop bet thing good you know i always like your additions to it but even before i give the prop bets i've got some fun facts for you about super bowl gambling Okay, so Let's hear it. the largest bet as of January 21st was actually $684,000 put on the 49ers as plus two. Um, the better bought a half point there at that time, too, which seems interesting to me. Might, might have known something, right? 
Um, also, on January 22nd, a majority of bets have come in on the over 54.5. Now, why that's significant is because DraftKings has 90% of bets and 96% of the money on the over. Vegas doesn't lose money very often, bro. Needless to say, I'm taking the under. Um, future bets with good odds were placed earlier this year. There's a $10,600 bet placed on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Now, to me, that's insane because you put that $10,600 up with a chance to lose it all. It was at an 11 to 1 odds, which will make that person 127 grand if it hits. It's also a $15,000 bet on the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at 14 to 1 odds. So wait, that, wait, wait. This was before the season? Yeah. The Chiefs had less odds than the 49ers well, it, before season. It might that one actually might have been mid-season. The Chiefs I think was pre Yeah, both of these have to be mid-season because it would well, make sense because the Chiefs had lost uh when the Chiefs uh when Mahomes went down, yeah. there was a chance that he couldn't that he wouldn't come back. When it first happened, there was thoughts that it, it might be like that. It might be serious. But the Chiefs had to be way bigger favorites to win the Super Bowl than the 49ers preseason either way. Yeah. That's what so, I know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It has to be midway because there was a while where the Niners were the last undefeated team. Right. My guess is probably the uh, Niners were preseason – or excuse me, the Chiefs were preseason, whereas the Niners was either early on uh, when they were winning – or potentially right before they started their losing streak there for a couple of games. But that that bet that I was talking about, the $15,000 bet, will pay out $210,000 if it hits. Whoa. So life-changing money there. 1991, Nevada State Gaming Control began tracking betting action on Super Bowls. Since 91, I referenced this earlier, only two Super Bowls have seen the Nevada sports books lose money. Coincidence? I think not, my friend. Um, Super Bowl 29 was one of the Super Bowls that lost money. That was the Chargers versus the 49ers. Nevada sportsbooks were listed as losing 396000 a little bit over that. And then Super Bowl 42 was the worst by far. That was the Giants and the Patriots. You might have remembered that one. But the sportsbooks lost $2.5 million on that game. Well, I lost my heart, so. Yeah, and $2.5 million. But since 91, Nevada sportsbooks have taken over $2.55 billion in bets on Super Bowls. And this year, they're projecting $6.5 billion to be bet due to the, the changing laws. Not in Nevada, but as far as in the U.S. Um, bettors have lost over $174 million just in Nevada since 1991. And the Super Bowl favorites have a record of 26, 25, and 2 against the spread. So it's mm. almost impossible to bet. Um, also, the over-under totals are 26, 25, and 1. So there's no real betting standard for that either. And last fun fact for you, there was actually 14 additional states that will now be taking bets on the big game. Three of my personal favorite, you've got Indiana, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. So a nice. lot, lot of big money to be made or lost at this time of the year. But we got a couple of fun prop bets. And prop bets are something that everybody can participate in. Whether you're a true NFL fan or whether you're 
tuning in to watch the halftime show. We've got something fun for you. So we'll start out with my personal favorite bet. And the way we were going to do this, we mentioned we're going to go by total money one. And we'll go with a couple of questions, okay? So prop bet number one. I don't know if you've heard this, but a little-known lady by Jennifer Lopez and Shakira will be doing the halftime show. Mm. I have to say, it's the most excited I've been in a long time. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And I don't know if uh, my buddy's TV has a mute button, but I'm okay if you utilize it in this case. Uh, So the prop bet goes as follows. And I, I just want everybody to know at home, I didn't make this up. You know what I'm saying? This is a real prop bet, and... I'm going to really try to put my money behind it. Will J-Lo show butt cleavage? (laughs) My answer to that question, and and the bet is yes, plus 500, no, negative 1,000. I'm going to go with yes. What what do you think? I'm going yes. Good answer, and I hope we are correct on that answer (laughs) as well, too. For everybody's sake at home, let's get a winner there. Um, for financial reasons, yeah, clearly. yeah, not, not strictly for, for financial else. reasons yeah. and research. Um, as far as the second question on the list, prop bet number two: What color will the Gatorade shower be? Now, this is a controversial one because technically there doesn't even have to be a Gatorade shower at the end of the game. But some of your options are lime, which is like a greenish color. You've got yellow, purple, blue orange or clear i'm going yellow yellow is a plus 275 and so that's one of the favorites that's a that's a pretty good bet there um i'm gonna actually go with orange orange is plus 400 which is also up there as well too purple came in at a plus 1400 so obviously they're not liking the purple gatorade these days which i think is a pretty good gatorade in my opinion yes can't go wrong with it. Riptide uh, Rush, fire. Water or clear is a plus 300 as well, too. So I think that's not a bad option if you are seriously considering betting that as well, too. Now, another fun one we had, um, MVP. Who who will be the MVP? You've got Mahomes as a plus 130, Garoppolo as a plus 275, Mostert as a plus 550, Kittle as plus 1,000, Kelsey as plus 1,600, and my surprise pick for MVP, Joey Bosa, as plus 2,000. Okay. Haven't seen a defensive... Uh, so what happens if I have someone's not on there? That's up to you. I'll try I mean, to look up the, the odds. Okay. They have to be less than plus 2,000. Yeah. So is the person that you're going to say on there? Yeah, mine was Bosa, remember? Oh, that, that's yours? Yeah. Mine is going to be Sammy Watkins. Oh, Sammy. I think that they're going to try to do what we did last year in taking away Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And I think that Sammy Watkins will have a big game. I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. I think Travis Kelsey, I'm for, I don't wish this upon him. His, his brother was a member of the Eagles, and I do like Travis's game. I think Travis Kelsey gets hurt in this game. Ooh. So what happens when you continue to go down the middle and they're going to key on it and they've got some guys who can lay licks and yes. that might force Sammy Watkins' hand. Uh, now, also, I'll have some fun facts about this as well, too, but I think they could break the record for least passes thrown in a game as well, too. Win. I don't know, man. Not the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Obviously. The Niners. Niners, yeah. Okay. So individual team. But we'll continue on with the fun prop bets. We've also <laughs> got heads or tails as far as the coin flip. I'll let you take I'm this one. I'm always a heads guy. I'll take the opposite. I'll take tails. 
Uh, fun history on that. That's another one that's almost completely identical. Seems like there's three or four years that run in a row for one to be picked, and then the next year it pops up. Now, based on that information, it does look like it could be heads this year. Obviously, it's a flip of a coin. You got a 50-50 chance. Yeah. So the odds on both of those were negative 105. So basically, that's a right or wrong answer. Um, last two for you. We've got the over-under. This is one I'm extremely excited about. I told you a backstory about this off air recently, but we've got the over under on length of the national anthem. Your girl Demi Lovato is singing it. Yeah, and we just had a little taste of what she could do. I really wish she was my girl, though. Really, you know what? I, I'd I'd be happy for you if she was your girl. Hey, because you know well, why? Why is it? I'd take a sneak peek every once in a while. That's all I'm saying, bro. As a friend, looking right. out for you. If that's what it took, yeah. to make her, yeah, that's fine with me. Okay, that's fair enough. Um, but will her national anthem rendition be over one minute and 59 seconds or be under one minute and 59 seconds? Now, I think we might have had the same answer on this, but I, I'm taking the over one minute and Agreed. 59 seconds. Agreed. Now, fun back knowledge. Go ahead. She has sang the national anthem four times in major public settings, right? Okay. Three of them have actually been under one minute and 59 seconds, but her last one was two minutes and 11 seconds. And based <laughs> on her last performance, I think she's going to embellish this one out a little bit. She might let that national anthem simmer for Let's a while. say something happens like what happened this past weekend. Have you seen what happened this past weekend when she was singing her newest song, newest big song? On at the Grammys? Yeah. I don't remember. I thought she I saw part of it. She messed up and started over. Oh, that's definitely going to help our chances. Yeah. So So are you taking the over for yes, sure? Yes, absolutely. All right. I shouldn't have wished that upon you. I should have just let you make your make your decision. <laughs> I I'd already said it anyway. Yeah, you had mentioned to me. Yeah. No, I I had already said it on here. I'd already oh. said I was taking the over. Cuz you said I'm taking the over and I said I am as well. Good. And last fun one for us, um, this one is more of a standard bet, but we've got the over and under on six and a half touchdowns. Now, this one, it gets a little bit tricky because it depends on who you're picking to win and what you think will happen. Based on what we saw last year in the Super Bowl, under de- defense, last year. <laughs> defense can win. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the under. I'm taking the under 54.5 point total. I have to take the under 6.5 touchdown total as well. Fair enough. I'm taking the over. Ooh. Um, After seeing the Chiefs put up 51 in a playoff game already looking, this year. And seeing what the – not to say that the Packers are a, oh, my God, defensive team, but just seeing what the Niners did. Right. Well, and Niners have already put up 55 in a Super Bowl before, so I don't think they will this year. But if the score gets run up, what will happen? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. So, oh, oh, that did not look like that felt good at all. No, I think he's injured real bad. <laughs> he's injured bad. So um, the thing that I said I was going to bring up. Yeah. So I think that we should do like we did the NBA. And I think that we should get some people, you know, I can text some people, you can text some people to get their pick on who they think is going to win the Super Bowl, what they think the score will be, who they think will be the MVP, and maybe two sentences on why they think that's going to be. I like that. So that was what I said I was going to add. 
So I already gave you my reasoning on I haven't given a score yet. I'll save that at least for the blog. But I think this I think the Chiefs win, but I do think it'll be a really, really good game. I think this is gonna be one of the better Super Bowls we've seen in a in a while. Ooh. Because I, I think there could be a lot of good things that happen in this game. But, see, I didn't think there was anything wrong with last year's Super Bowl. I know, you know, one team only scored three points, and if you don't like that, then it wasn't really a great defensive battle either. It was just kind of a lack of execution. This is the national platform, and people are expecting offense to be played. Yes. So, so I get that side of the argument. I, I won't go into a ton of detail because we'll go into further detail on that platform that you mentioned. I'm going to take the opposite. I'm going to take the Niners, and I'm very indecisive on this. But I think defensively, if the Niners can get up early, then their pass rush can kind of pin their ears back. And I don't know if there's a better pass rush in the NFL this year. I'll go ahead and answer Niners. for you. There's not. Yeah. There's not. So that's why I took Bosa as my MVP pick, and I'll go into further detail on that in my detail breakdown. And me saying that I think the Chiefs are going to win because I know one 49ers fan that will listen to this for Ooh. sure, I'm not confident in this pick at all. Right. I'm not. like that. I mean, it goes with what I was saying. That's why I feel like this game is going to be – I've gone back and forth probably – 20 times on this this because I there's so many different things for both teams that I feel like could win them the Super Bowl right and that's something like I don't feel 100% confident in this pick it's just that's that's the last one that I thought in my mind before we started recording so that's what I'm going with the favorites are the Chiefs right now and based on the Fun facts I gave you earlier, that means nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it means absolutely nothing. You could throw that absolutely out the window. Now, I did have some other fun facts, not about betting, but just about the Super Bowl in general. Um, I don't know, we mentioned this before, but the Super Bowl in 1967 was the first Super Bowl. And a 30-second commercial cost approximately $40,000. Have you heard what it's been reported as this year? Uh, I know last year it was like 2.5. Isn't that what you said? Double. So it's five million. Yeah. Whoa. This year it's five point six million dollars reportedly <laughs> for thirty seconds. It's insane to me. Super Bowl forty nine is the most watched U.S. telecast of all time. That was your team in there against the Seahawks. So Patriots and Seahawks. You know what? You know what I'm gonna say. What? So you say it's five point six million dollars now for thirty seconds. That explains to me why the commercials have been so terrible in the last like five or six years. Yeah. You remember how great they used to be? Like, you would go to school, even though you're a sports fan, you would still talk about the commercials. Well, like, like, there's some people that only watch the Super Bowl just to watch the commercials. I'll be honest, I haven't kept up on the commercials as well. I don't do well in, like, uh, major public settings, and typically the Super Bowl, you're watching around a lot of people, and I can't yeah. focus. I yeah. tough, it's my ADD kicks in, which I don't have, but I make up. <laughs> Um, but that average viewership was 114.4 million viewers in that game. So obviously that changes throughout the game. But yeah, average was 114. 2019 was actually the lowest winning score with 13 points. The highest winning score was in 1990 when the 49ers scored 55. I mentioned that to you previously. Can they, they do... beat the Bills? I believe that's correct. 55 to 10, I think, was that score. Or it might have been the Giants, maybe. I can't remember. I think it might have been the Bills. I think the Bills have been to or the... No, the Giants are in the NFC, so it would have to have been the Bills. Bills have been to the Super Bowl four times and never won same amount as the Vikings, right? 
So that, that was another stat that stood out to me. The most Super Bowl appearances, though, is the Patriots with, do you know the total? Uh, the Broncos is who they beat. Well, I was oh, sorry, I was the Broncos. Uh, yeah, I was. I was going to say, well, I don't think that's uh, a correct The answer. Patriots have been to the Super Bowl um, nine times. Eleven times. That's pretty impressive. The most wins are? The Steelers. And? The Patriots. With six. And the most losses are? The Bills. Patriots. Yeah, the Patri- yeah, because they lost in, yeah. And Denver. Both of them have five losses in the Super Bowl. Um, th- this is one that super intrigued me because I had no clue about this. The NFL pays for up to 150 rings at $5,000 per ring. Now, there is adjustments for the gold and diamond market that year. And then the NFL also pays for 150 pieces of jewelry for the losing team. Now, that jewelry that goes to the losing team is about half the price. But still, I've never. have you ever seen any losing team jewelry? Maybe that's where they get their confidence. No. Is no. that a ring? Is that a... I don't know what it is. No, no one ever shows their Super Bowl ring when they lost. <laughs> right. Maybe they just pawn it all. But I've never seen those in pawn either. The Lombardi Trophy is actually made from sterling silver. It's made by the Tiffany and Company. So shout out to the ladies out there. <laughs> I'm they- just laughing thinking about the... You, you remember the video of Gronk? We're Gronk. Uh, Gets it? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so I knew good. that's where you're going. That was so funny, though, man. He was playing baseball. He had a real baseball with it at the Red Sox game. And he put a huge dent in it, like typical Gronk. Hey, Tiffany and Co., if yeah. you can get stronger than Sterling Silver, go ahead and do that for us, bro. <laughs> also, the there's been some issues in stadiums. Now, not a shocker, but the Dallas Cowboys had an issue in their stadium in 2011 in which 1,250 seats were unavailable. 850 of those tickets were distributed around the stadium, and they made it work, but the other 400 were unable to even get into the game. What a terrible feeling. So they they were refunded three times the ticket face value, which was 2,400. But to be honest, there's a chance people probably could have paid more for that ticket than what they got back. And then 2013, you'll remember this, but there was a power failure as well at the Super Bowl at the Superdome. Ravens and Niners? Yep. And it, well, I know the Ravens for sure, but it stopped the game for over 35 minutes. Terrible to watch. It was the Ravens and Niners, and I'm pretty sure they turned the game around and the Ravens won. Yeah. That that was a changing moment in the game, and sub- substantial amount of time to not have lights in the stadium. Probably some bad <laughs> things could have happened as well, too. Uh, the Super Bowl is also the second largest day for U.S. food consumption after Thanksgiving. Fun fact, <laughs> I didn't know that, but that was a great fact I picked up as well, too. Twelve NFL franchises have never won a Super Bowl. Um, Vikings, Bills, Bengals, Panthers, Falcons, Chargers, Titans, Cardinals, Browns, Lions, Jags, and Texans. Ha-ha. <laughs> um, Guess whose teams have? Mine. Ours. I know, I got one recently. I was actually on that list just a couple of years ago, so it feels good. Uh, Only four of those teams have actually never been to a Super Bowl, though. The Browns, the Lions, the Jags, and the Texans. The Bengals have been to a Super Bowl? Bengals have been to a Super Bowl. Didn't win, obviously. Um, Super Bowl sixteen. In 1982, had approximately 49.1% of U.S. households watching the game. Can you believe that? 
almost 50% of American households were watching that's, the Super Bowl. That's insane. That just shows you how big the NFL is. And that was in 82. Now, there was a big snowstorm that was going on. I think that might have actually been the Bengals that game, by the way. I don't remember for sure. Uh, John Madden is the only person to broadcast the Super Bowl for each of the four networks that have televised the game. Now, only three of them are still doing the Super Bowl, or excuse me, the big game. But still, in 1992, Super Bowl 26, they actually aired an episode of In Living Color for the halftime show, <laughs> and it dropped viewership. Now, funny thing about this, I had this written yesterday, and today I get on ESPN, and ESPN actually wrote an article about this, and it looked like they were giving it glowing reviews. But anyways, the next year, the NFL actually convinced Michael Jackson to perform, and his performance actually drew higher figures as far as viewership than the game itself. So now we've continued on. Until Janet Jackson, they had a lot of pop singers. After that year, they decided to kind of go away from that and go with the older generation, the yeah. Paul McCartneys, the Bonos. Who else do they have in there? Coldplay. Aerosmith. But now they're back to some of the uh, pop and R&B. So let's, yeah. let's hope it. if anybody ruins it for us, it's J-Lo and Shakira, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and also... The most Super Bowl MVP awards has gone to Tom Brady. Your boy, Tom Brady. Also, he has the most wins by a player. Six of them. Youngest player to ever start in the Super Bowl is Brian Balaga at 21 years. It also showed the days. I'm not getting into that. The oldest player would have been Tom Brady if he made it this year. Um, but it is Matt Stover, who is 42. So if Brady somehow makes it next year, that's another record in Brady's book. I don't know if he wants that one, but I'm sure he'd take it if he does play, obviously. Um, there's only ever been one quarterback in NFL history who has thrown and caught a touchdown pass in Super Bowl history. Shout out to my guy. <clears throat> Big click Nick. I know who it is. You know who it is. That's why I didn't say anything. My man, Nick Foles. Going to be a starting quarterback in Philadelphia in two years as well, too, once his contract expires with Jacksonville. Come back, Nick. That's my plea to you. Also, most points scored in a career in Super Bowl games. Do you want to guess who that was? Most what? Most total points scored in Super Bowl games. Oh, man. This is kind of a tricky one because I think you're going to think it's a Patriot. No, I... Uh, no idea. It's uh. a 49er. Oh, is, are you talking about person? Well, that would... Okay, typically... I thought you were talking about combined points of, like, teams. Okay. Uh, I'll go with um, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is correct. He scored 48 total points in Super Bowls. What about most points by scored by a player in one Super Bowl? This one you can get. Most points scored, uh, James White. Jimmy White. 20 points had a two-point conversion and three touchdowns that was against the falcons wasn't it Yep, that was in the 28-3 comeback yeah i when, think when he got absolutely robbed out of mvp probably i know there's no probably about it he got absolutely yeah. robbed in that that was the year that tom brady actually let him go to disney world and also <laughs> uh, i think he broke records for most passes caught in a game, I think it was like 16 passes caught in a Super Bowl. And it also cost my Dustin, my buddy Dustin like 1300 bucks that oh. he would have won off of like a 
10 or $15 bet or something? I bet his odds were monstrous. Yeah. James White. Um, the fewest attempted passes by a quarterback is seven. Bob Greasy in Super Bowl eight. Now, just recently in a game, didn't Garoppolo only have eight in a playoff game? This is the last game. Yeah. So that's one to keep an eye on. I'm going to guess he's probably going to throw more than seven, but keep an eye on that one. And don't say I told you so if it happens. Last two for you. There's only ever been three game-winning field goals made. You've seen two of them very yep. closely. Super Bowl 36 and 38 were the Patriots, and then Super Bowl five as well. This is the one I want to leave you with because I hope this doesn't happen. But the largest comeback in Super Bowl history was the game in which we referenced previously. 25 points by the Patriots, Patriots. in Super Bowl 51. So could that happen in this game? I don't know. I, I see – I'll get more into it on the breakdown. I see the 49ers starting hot, putting some points on the board. And we'll see how the Chiefs respond. Fair enough. Well, we'll move on to our power moves. I only got one. I got two. All right. Go ahead and say your first one then. My first one I'll keep subtle. I I think we were talking about Philly a couple times. Kobe was from there. We talked about my boy Nick Foles. Got to keep with the Philly theme and talk about how the Philly fans are unique. They're very passionate. That's a nice way to put it. And they're very loyal. And when you leave them, typically they are no longer your fans. But my guy Andy Reid is having the Philadelphia fan base behind him in this Super Bowl. And it amazes me to see how much support he has got from the Philly fans as well, too. So to me, that's a power move. If you're that beloved of an individual to where the toughest crowd in America likes you you're doing something right you know what i'm saying yeah shout out to my guy andy reed so my power move goes along with the kobe theme that we've had in this podcast okay uh i don't know if you saw this but there was a uh, freshman guard at the community college in pennsylvania mamba mentality yes yazid powell now didn't butcher that one at all i i, I mean i don't think so i don't think i did i don't i mean i don't know the correct way to say it so i in my mind i got it right he uh, played a game Monday, uh, the day after the passing of Kobe Bryant, who was his favorite player all time and his idol. And he didn't just play a game the day after. Your boy went out there and dropped 81. So my power move goes to Yazid Powell, dropping 81 points, freshman guard at community college in Pennsylvania. Yeah, a lot of special things happen after that. And shout out to all those people who put in some memories for Kobe and and we're doing their thing on the court and keeping people's mind occupied. My last power move, though, I'm sure you saw this as well, too. And this might be my first Duke power move of all time. It also might be my last power move of all time for Duke. But I'm sure you saw Coach K scolding the Cameron Crazies Tuesday night for chanting, sit with us, Kevin. How do you say his last name? Capel? It's uh, Jeff Capel. Jeff Capel. Why did I say Kevin? Not sure. Kevin's a good name. But... Why do I always ask you why did I say that as well, I too? I think maybe you know because, like, you know, you try to get me to say the wrong things on here, especially in appropriate language. Um, but I, I love the loyalty 
that Coach K showed. I think he might have been wrong because he misunderstood what they were saying. Because you typically, think he might have been wrong? Yeah. <laughs> because typically they ask former Dukies to come sit with them, and that's all they were doing. Now, odd time to do that during the game. And I think Coach K probably handled it wrong. But my power move is the loyalty involved. Anybody who knows me knows I'm loyal to a T. I don't know if you remember this, but Mac referenced the story at uh, the get-together Saturday. Do you recall that story? I don't think so. You don't even remember. So Mac Mac had a lady friend, and, and she was in an altercation with a couple other ladies. Maybe there were some girls that were jealous of some form of fashion. I don't think I was in the room for this story. Yeah, you were in the room because I joked to you and said that's not true, but it really was true. And so the, these girls were badgering my buddy. And so for some reason, I decided I need to get involved. So the best way to do it is go on social media. Needless to say, I'm glad I don't have to run for president or mayor anytime soon because I don't think I'd be eligible thanks to some previous social media posts. I promise you I was not in the room for this story because I, I, I literally have no idea what you're talking about. My way of telling it is much better than Max. So needless to say, I, I went to those girls on, I forget if it was Facebook or MySpace or whatever it was then, and kindly explained to them that there was no amount of makeup in the world that they could put on to be on the same level as Max's girlfriend. So yeah, loyalty is something that just kind of, I, I think, you you choose, but Coach K has that. And Coach K represents. I had it. a loyalty story myself Saturday. What do you got? But I will tell you off podcast. Oh, but it is a good one, and it made my friend feel good. Good. I like loyalty. So. So those are my two power moves. How many beefs you got? I got two beefs as well. Too. I had to think about it All for right. a second. I got one. So. By the way, power move additional. I, I like what the NBA is doing. I've heard a lot of things that would potentially try to put it as a beef but the nba all-star game like the changes that are made if you haven't seen that check that out as well too i agree gonna make 100%. the game more competitive bring kobe into the mix i think i said this to you before i think they messed up i think instead of adding the score for the first three quarters and then adding 24 on to finish the game just do a game of 24 start both teams at zero in the fourth quarter first one to 24 wins no go backs tips no that's a long tip Uh, so i'm gonna say yes if you want to try that go for it if you make a tip a full court tip essentially you have to play with four players yeah fair enough let's hear your first beef first beef i don't even know if you've seen this because i hadn't heard much of it but have you heard the rumors about antonio brown now i don't think so this guy is having a tough go at it now the rumor is he's going to be in a boxing match with your favorite oh, YouTuber. Oh, no, I did, I did see this. Logan Paul. In Vegas. It's embarrassing, man. I mean, thirsty, desperate. Go ahead with any adjectives that I missed there. Well, here's the thing. Tell me. You remember the – you ever seen the video of the two guys knocking each other out at the same time? Simultaneously. That's, that's, that's what I want to happen in that fight. I want him to fight somebody who can actually fight because I, I, well, actually I don't because I think like you mentioned, he might be suffering from CTE or early onset CTE, but Paul is coming off a loss to KSI who is trash and he lost to him and AB looks desperate in this whole thing. So AB get some help, buddy. Um, Get back to the NFL, play the game that you should be playing. But 
more importantly, get your life right. Because if anybody can learn from this Kobe situation, I think AB should look at it and go, man, nothing's promised tomorrow. Time to figure out what I got going on today. So my beef, guess what I'm sticking with? What are you sticking with? Kobe Bryant situation. Mm. I've referenced something earlier when we were speaking about Kobe Bryant in our pretty long segment about Kobe Bryant and Remembrance, and I brought up a part that some people are bringing up something that happened in his past. And I read something. um, It was a statement that I don't even know the person. Someone else shared it on Facebook. Uh Uh-oh. And... um, Can they be eligible for president and mayor? uh, Maybe. Okay. Uh, I thought I shared it, but I guess I didn't. And... The person that I saw that shared it shares a lot of stuff all the time, so I don't know if I can get to it. Well, give us the breakdown or the rundown while you're looking. So I was basically, um, it was talking about Kobe and the people that brought up his past. Right. And brought up the bad part of it. And Well, I don't even think that, maybe we don't want to go into detail, but there was a situation that took place in a hotel with a 19-year-old girl that he felt as if there was something there with her, is how I'll word it. Yes. And and she felt as if that was not the case. I think it was deleted, because there, yeah, I liked it, that was it. Right. All right, so, long story short, it said, you had 15 years to bring up Kobe Bryant's past. And Kobe Bryant passed away in a very sad situation along with the eight others, including his daughter and the pilot and, you know, the other families involved with Mamba Academy. Said, you had 15 years to bring up this man's past. Don't bring it up after he passed away. There's no reason for you to bring it up. There's nothing about that. And then there's other people that bring up, that share the, again, some people might have done this unknowingly because they don't open up articles and read them. And for those people, I'm not bashing on you for for sharing it. I'm just bashing on you for not opening up an article and reading the date on it. Yeah. Um, but there's people that share the thing about the Marines and stuff dying. That happened in 2005. Right. Still a very sad situation, but guess what? It happened 15 years ago. So why are you sharing that today? Or sharing that today that it happened? And why does everything have to be linear in the sense of... Exactly. Everybody can handle that situation differently. 100%. So are we disappointed that heroes who are fighting for us to have freedom lost their lives? Yes. Yes. Are we also disappointed that our childhood idol who gave us dreams and aspirations to play the game we love passed away? Yes. Why why does it have to be one or the other? And then the other part of it said, why why is it so upsetting to you that people – are mourning an athlete. This person put himself out there to be a hero. If you put your name on a dotted line, cause this person apparently was in the military. If you put your name on a dotted line, they get recognition and you did it for the wrong thing. Yeah. Now, that's not for me to say because I've never been in any type of military or anything like that, but I thought the way this person wrote it was very, very eloquent and I thought it was very direct and everything. Right. I wish I could find it, but I guess it's been deleted or something. So, my beef is with the people that wanted to bring up something that happened 15 years ago when you never brought it up in the 15 years in between there. You choose to bring it up after he passes away. Yeah. And, do I mean, if you want to bring it up, at least do a little bit of research to it. I think you might find some things that stand out as glaring holes and 
maybe the day and age in which we're in a couple of years ago might shed some more light on on what might have occurred you know what i mean sad situation absolutely and i hope i hope nothing happened you know what i mean but reality is kobe became a better man because of that situation yes so my last my last beef is with the nba as well too um we've got a great day coming up february 6th do you know what february 6th is february 6th february 6th and obviously the nba that's trade deadline that is the nba trade deadline and i don't know if we're going to see any major trades this year so far trades have not ramped up usually by this time we've seen a couple you had the willie collie stein trade which was for a second round pick blew me away though you give away him for a second round pick wouldn't give him away for a washing machine dude well you did in this case and I just want to see if a team, you look at somebody last year like the Toronto Raptors who ended up getting Kawhi before the season, but then made that final push to get Marcus all right before the trade deadline and ended up with success and winning a national championship. Um, a world Willie championship. Willie Stein reminds me of a person that put all their VC into tattoos and didn't do nothing <laughs> with their game. No game. Yeah, he, he started to try to work on his jump shot, and then that kind of quit. And then he went to Golden State, and you thought, oh, it might come back, and it, it didn't so well. It's because you play with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. I mean, you could shoot. Well, Just ask Draymond Green. They're not, play- <laughs> they're not playing too much these days. The dude that shoots like he's wearing a backpack all the time. But, yeah, and having a really rough year. So, yeah. Who would have thunk that one? This is my thing, though. I think there are guys that I could see – getting moved and so i'm hoping i'm wrong here cp3 we just mentioned became an all-star again mm-hmm. uh having a great year with the okc thunder but guess what they've got shea gilgis alexander who's a rising star and then they've got schroeder so do you need let's be 100 percent honest though please i could see that maybe who's who's gonna want chris paul philly there's no way dude it's weird with simmons i get that but i think if sixers don't win this year, they're going to either have to choose between Embiid or... Here's my rebuttal on why they won't. Uh, they invested a lot of money this year so far. Not only that, but think of the last couple of years when he was in Houston. Absolute crap show with, you know, really. a, with a younger player. Him and Harden hated each other. Yep. So now you have two young guys that you want to build around, and Embiid's already an, an imposing character. There's no way that Embiid and Chris Paul get along. And who are you going to want for the future going forward? I'm taking Embiid because Embiid's a lot younger. I think Embiid will get along with him. I could be wrong, but I think Embiid wants to win and win at all costs. I think Harden's a little bit uh, different-minded than what Embiid is, and I think winning cures all ailments. But, yeah, I I get that. Maybe I say Sixers because the way he's playing this year, I would like to see him in a Sixers jersey. But I think there's many other suitors where he could go as well, too. Um, You've also got D'Angelo Russell who, to me, would be an interesting Minnesota trade as well, too. Um, And in Minnesota, you've got a guy who's not a well-known name, but to me, he's a well-known guy, Robert Covington. I think there's a lot of teams that could use his services. See, that's a fit that I thought would would work. In Minnesota? And it hasn't. It it actually has. You just have so many other... you got Jared Culver, who you're trying to develop. You've got Wiggins, who's you're trying to establish. And there's just too many options at that position there. So why not... Dish Covington, who's a highly uh, wanted individual. And the thing is, uh, Covington's contract is highly wanted as well, too. So it's like win-win for everything. 
Uh, Mo Harkless is another guy who's got a contract that could be traded uh, in the Clippers world. I think we spoke about him in the past, or maybe I spoke with – I literally thought Mo Harkless was going to be a superstar. Yeah, I did too. And I think Portland might have got the right piece in which they were wanting Harkless to be, by the way, in getting Trevor Ariza. I thought you were going to say Melo. No. <laughs> not not the same player. But Melo does look like he's having fun in Portland. Melo also said he might retire he, in no, Portland. No, he says he wants to retire in Portland. Right. So that just means to me that he's obviously enjoying himself. But then you've got the Detroit Pistons, who to me have a lot of tradable assets because they're not doing jack squat this year. Now the guys who are supposedly have no market value because of their contract and value as far as player-wise – Reggie Jackson, and then uh, Blake Griffin. But the guys who have been tossed around in rumor trades are D. Rose and then Andre Drummond. So will one of those two guys or one of those four guys potentially end up somewhere? And then to me, the teams that are teams to watch, you got the Nuggets who are on the verge of being great again. They've got a lot of young pieces. I think they could trade a Malik Beasley, a Torrey Craig, I don't think Gary Harris is gone, but I could see him getting mixed in if a team has to have him for somebody that they want. And then obviously Michael Porter Jr. That's I think, the person I was going to mention. I think they want to keep him, though. That's why I don't think they'll trade him. So you've got some movable objects there. Millsap and Will Barton I don't think are really movable objects. And then obviously you're trying to build around Jokic, and Jamal Murray is kind of a guy who I think they want to keep as well too. Um, last two teams that intrigue me, well, Warriors, I should say too, they need to continue to do what they did for Cauley Stein. Go ahead and see if maybe Glenn Robinson, the third has value somewhere. See if Alex, Alec Burks has value somewhere. Go ahead and stock up some picks for next year. See what you can do or get some salary cap space and try to go after somebody in the off season. I'm yep. a little surprised you haven't mentioned Portland. So Portland is not a team that I think needs to make a trade because Trevor Ariza. Also, I think they've been injured a lot this year, but I think they might have found the puzzle piece that they were needing. I, I don't think Portland is going to contend for a championship this year, to be honest. Yeah. But I think that that's something that they feel like they can do with Dame and CJ, and I don't think so. And then the last two teams that I was going to reference, the Heat, another team I could see CP3 working with, and the 76ers. Now, I don't know who the Heat would give up to get an OKC player, but the 76ers, I think, do need to consider making a trade. Josh Richardson, um, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid are making a lot of money, and there's not enough depth on that team. Mike Scott has had good games for them. Uh, Firkin Moss, who I ragged on, has been killing it some this year but what will they do to try to win an nba championship this year so hopefully i'm wrong about the trade deadline hopefully we see some action hopefully it mixes things up a little bit i don't think it's gonna happen yeah that's all you got that's all i got nba inside stuff over here with ahmad rashad boom and Kristen ledlow is that me well, uh, you know, you're going to need to step your game up a little bit. Just but, a little. Yeah, just a just little. a little. Well, I guess that's pretty much it. I guess that's is that all we got. That's it. Hopefully everybody enjoys the interview as well, too. Oh, I forgot we had that. Yeah. 
What's wrong with I'm you, bro? I'm just kidding. I didn't really forget. I was trying to play it off, BJ. Boom. But you gave away my acting. I thought I was a good actor. By the way, I've been to Jurassic Quest before. Not good. No, it's actually pretty cool. No. Did you take your niece and nephew as well? Never been. So how do you know it's not good? You know, I'm just speculating. See, I'm the good, I'm the, what they call a funkel. Right. So, like, I took them there and I got them the VIP stuff. Now. So they got to do all the fun stuff and got to do it all. Let me ask you this. As a funkel, have you ever bought them a gold chain? No, I didn't think so, bro. No, but I did go on the floor and dance in front of 10,000 people and went and dance off in front of the Harlem Globetrotter fans. You know what the difference between you funkel and me funkel is? What's I would have lost on purpose. Why would you have lost on purpose? You know what I won from that? What? So have you you've been to Harlem Globetrotters? Oh, yeah. So you know at the end when they let everyone come down and meet all the players? Everybody you don't want to meet. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, it is, as a kid, that they're heroes. Like, you see them do all that stuff on the court. My my niece at the time was, like, six years old. Right. So they were heroes. Like, right. Shooting half-court shots, you know, throwing the water. It's, they're funny, all this stuff. So everyone runs down to the court. And there is thousands of people behind this rope. And guess what? You were inside the rope. Your boy and my niece got to go inside the rope. She got pictures, autographs, a t-shirt, everything. With you all were dancing on that rope like it was the pole. No. Oh. She ran off, though, and then luckily I found her. <laughs> Ryan was still up in the stand so he could see where she went, and he just pointed me towards her. Oh, man. And, um, you know, we walked inside the rope, and she got to meet every player, favorite player. Yeah. The female player. Boom. Yeah. So Bugs Bunny. Take Lola Bunny, actually. Chungus. You big Chungus. Big Chungus. <laughs> Classic, dude. <laughs> two weeks in a row that you have now referenced Big Chungus. I'm just going to tell you. two weeks in a row that I had no idea that you knew what Big Chungus was. Listen, I've my little niece, I've never seen her get angrier in my life than when my little nephew was calling her Big Chungus. <laughs> and I was dying. And she's just getting hot. Well, I think she started to throw hands, bro. She was, You ever heard where Big Chungus came from? No. So some dude took a bunch of made-up video games to GameStop okay. and was trying to sell them back to him, and Big Chungus was one of them. <laughs> oh. So everyone just went with it because that was the funniest one. It's just a fat Bugs Bunny, and it's called Big Chungus. Classic. If you guys have never seen it, just Google Big Chungus. It's a fat Bugs Bunny, and it's so funny the first time you hear it. And obviously a classic diss as well, too. Yeah, I because everyone just knows that it's a fat bunny. I, I don't know how many people know that, though. I don't think anybody else knew that Saturday, did they? Uh, no, I don't so think so. So I think you can get away with a subtle diss by calling people <laughs> yeah, a big, big chungus. chungus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So we got a special interview with you for you guys. And it actually helped me live up to my guarantee. That's right. Because guess what? This is the third episode since I said that. That's right. So I thought it was second, but I'm good with that. I think it's third. Either way, you it's also in, it's thought in, it was episode 125. I did allegedly. I, yeah, it's I, my first I one know, of the knows. day. Yeah. So, guys, we got an interview for you. Local legend. He is a local legend. Little league legend. College baseball legend. Soon to be MLB legend. So we have. 2015 NCAA Louisville Regional All-Tournament Team, 2015 All-ACC Second Team, ACC Pitcher of the Week in April of 2013, and Louisville Regional All-Tournament Team in 2014. 
an avid shoe collector who has less shoes than what I have. Dang. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. I just had to make uh, that known. Yeah, it sounds like it. Big chungus over here. <laughs> uh, so, guys, without further ado, we want to give you guys an interview with New Albany legend, Mr. Josh Rogers. All right, what's up, Josh, man? Thanks for joining us. Hey, man, I appreciate you guys having me. Hey, it ain't no problem, man. It was kind of weird. We were sitting at that open gym, what, two weeks ago? And I was like, isn't that Josh Rogers? <laughs> I was like, I got to get this dude on the podcast. And we were sitting yeah, out because we're both bums. And I was like, well, yeah, I guess right. I better ask him then. So I was I was getting my little cardio session in, so it's all good. I'm happy to meet you guys and look forward to answering some questions and chatting for a few. For sure, man, for sure. So some people may remember you that you were on the uh, – <laughs> the Little League team in New Albany back in 2007, which is ironically when I graduated high school, so that tells you how old I am, uh, and that uh, you guys made it to the Great Lakes Championship. What, describe what, what that was kind of like to, you know, kind of make it that far at such a young age. Yeah, so, I mean, it was it was pretty crazy, actually. It was, like, the first, like, piece of, like, you know, I guess kind of, like, in the spot, a spotlight type of situation, uh, you know, I was like 12, 13 years old, pitching on ESPN, crying my eyes out after I got rocked. So it was a, <laughs> it was a very humbling experience, but it was a, it was a great time, man. I mean, like getting the, getting the chance to play in the Little League World Series was awesome. With you know some of your best childhood friends that you've grown up with, you know, up until that point, it was a, it was a surreal experience, and it's really cool to. You know, all us guys, I mean, we still keep in contact to this day. And, you know, we talk, you know, I know Garrett Sherrill, Zach World, Logan Striegel, Cam Mullins, you know, all of us. I mean, we, we see each other periodically. We all still live uh, local and uh, keep in touch. So it's, it's a really neat thing we got. Uh, and, uh, and and it was really something that kind of kick-started, I guess, my, my drive and passion for the game. Yeah, that's awesome. So from there, I mean, you didn't go too far away from where you played Little League. And you went to New Albany High School. Uh, did you just play baseball in New Albany, or did you play any other sports when you were there? So my freshman year, I played. Uh, I played on the freshman basketball team, um, and I played. I actually ended up making the varsity baseball team my freshman year, and that's kind of when colleges started calling me and uh, or not like writing me letters and stuff. And I kind of realized that I was going to probably you know have a chance to play college baseball at some some level, not Division One. I, I didn't think at the time, so. Uh, you know, I decided to put down basketball and didn't play my sophomore junior year. Uh, I had a pretty successful freshman year baseball, sophomore junior year, focused on only baseball. And then I actually came out of basketball retirement to play my senior year. So I played, uh, I started varsity basketball my senior year for Coach Shannon for the Bulldogs and then uh, played four years of varsity baseball while I, th- I was there. I think you actually played with one of our former guests, Javen Reeves. I did. I played with Javen. Uh, I was I, my senior year. He was a junior. I was athletic, man. He's a uh, he. He was he was always ducking on everybody in practice and stuff. And then he went on to I think he did track and field at uh, at Louisville. Yeah, he was actually the ACC high jump champion at uh, Louisville. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, every time you get some local guys doing some big things on the national stage, it's pretty cool. So, did you play any other positions other than pitcher in high school? So a funny story about that kind of Coach McIntyre was uh, is the baseball coach in New Albany still is and it was funny because I got invited me and uh, Garrett Sherrill was one of my best friends we got invited uh, our eighth grade summer we played uh, summer ball for the high school team just kind of getting our feet wet or whatever and getting to know the guys so 
we uh, I, we had a meeting, and the first thing Coach said to me in front of everybody, I, mean, I was a eighth grade, going to be a freshman. I was nervous as heck. And he says, uh, well, everybody meet Josh. He's going to be what you call a P.O., a pitcher only. So uh, that was kind of why I, I put up the bat and hadn't done anything since then. So I, had, I think I may have gotten like 12 or 13 at-bats my whole high school career. So it's been pretty much focused – been a, been a pitcher only since that day. Wow. So you mentioned getting uh, some letters and stuff your your freshman year and everything. Uh, when would, when did you get your first offer and who was it from? Uh, my first offer was actually it's a it's a really neat story. Um, my uh, my dad's high school best friend he grew up with uh, was named was David Gernon and he actually passed away in a, in a car crash at the age of like I think he was seventeen years old. They were juniors in high school, I believe, or maybe seniors. Wow. Uh, David's older David's older brother Billy Gernon uh, obviously was really close to my dad as well. He was he's actually a Division One baseball coach at Western Michigan. Okay. Uh, so he was, uh, he was an assistant coach um, and uh, up in one of those, uh, and then he got a head coaching job at Western. So he was actually my dad and him kind of had some communication a little bit. Obviously, just being you know David being my dad's best friend had passed away. I mean, it was a long time ago, but. Billy had heard about me at a, at a, at a tournament. So he reached out and, you know, they talked. And so I went up to a camp my freshman uh, or my sophomore year and I got to meet Billy and they actually were my first offer. So it was Western Michigan and it was a really neat story. And I still have a great uh, relationship with that coach today. So it's a, it was a special offer to me and my family and uh, it's something I'll cherish forever. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Well, we saw your shoe game on the court rocking the retro pro models. Uh, a lot of our fans will like that as well, too. But we were wondering, as far as on-field, you, you got any specialty shoes that you go with? Um, anything that feels better on the mound? I don't have many, like, problems or, or addictions, I would say, in my in my life. But shoes are definitely one of them. Uh, that's, that's where I am at fault with my – I have a serious shoe-buying problem. And I will admit <laughs> it to everybody. So – yeah, I think even like the guys when I was up there in the big leagues the past you know couple years are like, dude, like, why do you like, you know, I come to the field every day. I try to wear different pairs of shoes and different different types of things. So, uh, I I was uh, I was with Adidas. I was contracted with Adidas my first couple of years in pro baseball, and then I actually left to come to uh, I left to go to Nike. So I'm I'm with Nike now, and I love love Nike a lot. So. I uh, love Jordans. I love that. So I, I try to mix it up. There's a couple. Uh, I got a couple pairs of like my old Adidas that like have custom made airbrush that are pretty cool that I never got to wear. Um, but uh, this year, then when I get healthy and get back on the mound, I, I'm sure I'll I'll have something something whipped up. I dig it. We'll have to keep an eye out. And I will say, one of the two podcasters here do have a serious shoe addiction as well too. So probably not me, but possibly 50% odds say it could be too. So. It's de- it's definitely BJ. <laughs> so what about off the field shoe though? Do you have a favorite shoe of all time? I know you said you're you're uh, contractually obligated to probably say a Nike here, but is there maybe a Nike shoe that you like the most? 100%. I think the off the off white Chicago one is mm. for sure, I think is the cleanest pair of shoes. But Virgil did, you know, did, made a little adjustments to that. Just the white, red Chicago one is my favorite shoe. Um, I have, I have over over 120 pairs. I'm gonna brag on myself just a, just a second. So, <laughs> I've I've been collecting since I was a since I was a sophomore in high school. It was my first job. I worked at Foot Locker, 
So I was uh, I, I worked at a Foot Locker in the Green Tree Mall selling shoes and flipping shoes, and so I've been obsessed with buying Jordans and, and Nike since then. But uh, I, I've got a little, I've got some Yeezys, but uh, I definitely uh, the off white ones are my favorite. What do you guys think? Yeah. So I mean, I, I got to ask a question first. So you been you've been collecting since you were a sophomore in high school. Are you one of those lucky people that have had the same shoe size since then? I I have actually. So luckily, I've been a twelve since then. So. I've got some stuff that's been stored in the box. I've got like I got a couple pairs of the Le- uh, Lebrons, like uh, the Zoom flight for our first Zoom generations from 2003 original Nike box. I got those locked up and stored away for for you know hopefully when he retires is one of the greatest of all time. I'll have that. I think it'd be pretty cool to you know have share with my kids or something like that. Like I couldn't only imagine somebody having a pair of the first Jordans ever to come out. So yeah. hopefully it'll be worth something someday. Yeah, for sure. I mean, BJ would be able to answer the shoe thing a lot better than I would. Like, I, like the the off whites. The only reason I've ever seen them is just because BJ shown them to me. Yeah, they're but, they're pretty crazy. So, but the, I mean, the prices on them are just stupid. So, why? I try to I try to I try to have a rule where I try to get them at retail, um, and I don't I don't like paying all that crazy secondary market for them because people mark it up and do some crazy stuff. So, I try to have them to have some type of value and. Uh, I mean, there's just different types of shoes that I like and don't like, obviously, that everybody does, but... Right. That, yep. That's kind of how I am with the shoe gig. The off-whites, there's a... Rogan has a fun segment on that, though, that if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. It cracks me up, because I, I disagree with him 100%, but uh, he, he talks about wanting to go around and cutting the, um, the eyelets and stuff on the shoes. So, yeah, watch, watch out for Rogan. If you're near Joe Rogan, don't wear those around him, all right? <laughs> I, I, Definitely want I would be super upset with him for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple thousand dollars upset with him. I, I like yes. your Air Zoom Generation reference too. I got a couple of pairs of those myself. They've they've seen better days because I wear them quite frequently. But probably for right now where we're at, you know, you got to go. Um, what's on the mind in Kobe's? Kobe's are insane price right now because of what happened. But man, he had a lot of great shoes. I wish I would have more in my collection too. Uh, actually told brandon we i was trying to get a pair a couple of weeks ago and they retailed for 190 and i just looked on stock x today and the last sale was 574 so probably we'll be passing on those but yeah yeah hopefully they'll come back down and hit reality at some point yeah and i kind of hate that people are you know i mean i guess you gotta do what you gotta do but kind of taking advantage of that opportunity i'm glad that nike kind of pulled all this stuff off the shelf for now just kind of First of all, respect just, you know, for his family and stuff. It's kind of, it, like I said, it is what it is. Everybody trying to make a buck, and that's fine. But, you know, I mean, come on, man. It's it's one of the greatest ever. You can't, you can't just do that because of what happened. It's awful. So, yeah. I, it's funny you said that because I was actually on StockX looking at his shoes like about a week ago. Because I don't, I actually don't have, I have like two pairs of Kobe's that I like play back, like I play pickup in or whatever. And I haven't, uh, I haven't worn them in a long time, but. The Grinch, like those Grinch ones that are all like lime green and stuff, I saw they wanted like ten grand for those now. It's like, come yeah. on, people, are you serious? Yeah, they're ridiculous. If you wore a size 13, I'd be able to help you out with a couple pairs, but <laughs> 12, uh, that's a little tight for me. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're like uh, LeBron where he, that story he told, ironically, you know, less than 24 hours before where he said Kobe gave him the pair of shoes the size below what he wore, and he wore them anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That was such a good story. For sure. It was it's crazy to go back and watch that interview and just kinda of listen to how he spoke about Kobe. It was almost like a 
a weird, eerie farewell, you know, out of respect to him. That I mean, obviously, you can make it. It sounds like that now because of what happened. But man, it's a it's it, a touching it, and moving interview for sure. It, it almost felt like he knew he was gone, like you just said. Like it, it was it was crazy, man. Because but the first time I saw it, I was like. I, like I, the first time I saw it, I didn't really think anything of it, and then when you went back, like you said, after Kobe had passed away, it was like, "This is weird, man." It almost feels Crazy. like he was speaking at his funeral. I know it, and and I, I'm like the big one of the biggest LeBron fans. Like, like I love LeBron, 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 but sometimes you don't know what he's going to say to the media and like how he's portrayed and stuff, you know. So I just was super excited, even that night, hearing him, how he spoke about Kobe and how appreciative he was of him. And you, you could just tell what Kobe meant to him and, as a player, which is, which is just really awesome. And yeah. it was a, I, think, I think a lot of people gained a lot of respect for LeBron hearing him kind of you know, give props out, out that way, which was cool. For sure. So uh, you were an All-Area Player of the Year. You were an All-State Honorable Mention in your sophomore year, uh, in, your sophomore year in 2011. Uh, what was your favorite game that you would say you played in high school? Man, um, the, one of the games that I really remember, I was uh, I remember my first start ever. Um, but I, I, when PRP was was really really good uh, when I was in high school. Did you play uh, at PRP? Yeah, we did. So, I got a chance uh, to do that when I was in eighth grade. That place is ridiculous. Yeah, so I mean, it was that it was awesome. Like the, just the, the history behind that, Coach Miller there, you know. Uh, rest in peace to him, and yeah. he's been a, he's a great guy. And unfortunately, he passed away a few years back. But he, uh, like, I got to pitch there, and that was the first time that Louisville had ever been to see me. Uh, like, they came to one of my high school games. I remember Coach Williams, uh, the pitching coach at Louisville, was there, and I ended up. They were number two in the state. I think we were like three or four in Indiana. It was it was a big it was a big deal. So I pitched that game, and we ended up getting the win. And it was a uh, I got. A, I actually got offered a scholarship from Louisville after, after uh, a few days after that game, so it was pretty cool. Makes sense why that would be one of your favorite games, then. Yeah, no doubt. So you were also an All-State player, and you were even at one point the number two rated left-handed pitcher, which is it's kind of funny to read some of these rankings because it's it's like yeah he wears his left shoe at a certain size and all this he's the number two guy that does that. It's like quarterbacks in football rankings where it's like yeah you got pro style then you got dual threat. But the fact that you got up to the number two rated left-handed pitcher in the Midwest is still pretty cool. That's something I would brag about all the time. <laughs> Thanks. I, I know who was number one. My boy Trey Ball. He, uh, I actually played summer ball with him. He was a left-handed pitcher, outfielder. He was from Newcastle, Indiana. He got drafted out of high school like seventh overall by the Red Sox, man. So huh. he, uh, he, he was rightfully probably the number one, and uh, he, he, he's done well for himself. So you uh, – you were actually, like I said, the number two rated left-handed pitcher in the Midwest prior to having Tommy John surgery. So what right. did you get to play any of your senior year or some of it, or did you miss the entire season? Man, that, that was the biggest blow. Probably, well, obviously I got hurt again, but up until that point, it was I was sad, man. I mean, I was super excited about going into my senior year. I had met with some, you know, some of the big league clubs hopefully to get drafted out of high school the whole shebang now is pumped and uh, it happened in my very first game uh, i was against fort wayne carroll at home um i pitched like four innings and i felt a snap in my elbow and knew it wasn't good from there wow so you actually that was your first start i mean did you do you remember if you all won the game that's that's uh, something we, i always we, we, yeah, ask we people when they up I didn't get. I didn't personally get a win in that game, but we did. We our team did win the game, yeah, for sure. So, 
you being from New Albany and going to New Albany High School, I got to ask this. How does it feel knowing that you're the all-time leader in wins, strikeouts, you have the lowest ERA and whip in New Albany High School history? Oh, that's It's crazy when you when you like read off that and look back to think about all that stuff. I'm actually, technically, I'm not the leader in wins. I'm tied. So I, I don't know who the other guy is, but we both are tied at 24 wins. So unfortunately, I didn't get to pitch my senior year because I feel like I could have I could have had a good year, uh, you know, being a senior on the team and one of the better, more veteran guys. So uh, I sucked. I got hurt, but. Uh, somebody, so I'm a co-leader in the, in the wins, but everything else is, you know, it's just, a, it's just an honor, really. I'm just super thankful and appreciative, and of everybody who helped me. Like, really, I mean, my parents were super supportive, and all my friends kind of keep trying to keep me on the right path. And uh, you know, I, I feel like I was lucky, lucky enough to, you know, be with like some of the best high school players to, to come through New Albany. I mean, we had Division One player. I mean, Garrett Cheryl played at Arkansas Little Rock. My best one of my best friends, Jordan Striegel, played at Louisville with me. And I mean, we had really, really good, talented teams. So it wasn't just me going out there chucking it. I mean, it was. Uh, I had a great defense, and we put up a ton of runs all the time. So it was a heck of a lot of fun, and I really wish I could have played that last year. Yeah, I can't. I can't say it, and I at least give you credit. Your record was twenty-four and two, right? Yeah, that's insane. That's insane for three years to go twenty four and two in a high school that's in the state of Indiana in baseball. That's insane. So I got to give you credit for that. Thank you. What about before games? Do you have any type of pregame ritual or pregame meal? So it's funny. Like when I was in high school, I would always my dad would be uh, my dad. We would eat uh, like on weekend games. We would go to uh, Burger King and I would eat cinnamonies, like the little cinnamon rolls and stuff. Uh, so we would always eat those, and then I would eat, I would drink like Big Red before the game. Well, that was kind of before I knew about like nutrition and trying to like take care of my body. So I went to Louisville and like I would like drink Big Reds and stuff before the game, and they're like, "Dude, what are you doing? Like, you gotta hydrate yourself. Like, are you an idiot?" And I, I had no idea, so I was dumb, like dumb to all that stuff. And um, before I would say, "Yeah," like you know, I would always drink Big Red and like have a like a Dr Pepper or something like that. But now it's like, no, nah, I gotta drink like water. You know, I have like a good healthy meal before and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, I, I don't eat, like, really good. I'm not going to lie to nobody. Like, I mean, I eat Arby's, McDonald's, everything like that. But, I mean, being a, like, I mean, baseball is now my job. It's my career. So, my body is technically, you know, is what keeps me, you know, what keeps me getting paid is so what I put into it and what I, like, how I put into my workouts and my off-season training is, is really important now. So, uh, I definitely don't eat Cindy Minis and Big Red before my games anymore, but I think that's pretty <laughs> – I'm just being honest. I think it's pretty cool that, you know, you you grow up and you see, you know, how, like, man, I can't believe I was doing that stuff. But it's pretty cool to look back and see that now. Cindy Minis are delicious, though. I mean, Those they, are fire. They're so fire. They they discontinued them for a while, which I was super upset. Right. But they brought them back, I think, like a year and a half or two years ago. My mom texted me. I'll never forget. She's like, oh, my gosh, Cindy Minis are back. You best believe I was there the next morning. That's when you know you're a true fat kid in, when you were little. Like, Because <laughs> hey, I'll get texts and be like, hey, you know, Monopoly's back at McDonald's. So, yeah. It's like, I'm glad you thought of me first when you saw that. Yeah. So... Were you considering any anyone else other than Louisville, or was Louisville, or was it just just Louisville? Well, I was a I was a Louisville fan, like a big basketball fan, my whole life. I mean, 
uh, back in the Terrence Williams days, Earl Clark, Ellis Miles, like all those people. Like I was a diehard fan growing up as a kid. So I really like never, re- I mean, I, honestly, I never really dreamed of like my goal, like coming into high school wasn't like to play college baseball. And, like it wasn't to play at Louisville for sure. Like I never really, I, I never really realized that I was even going to have that opportunity. Um, so when I got start, when I got the call and got recruited by Louisville, obviously, you know, that was like, Oh yeah, like for sure I'm going there. But then I had offers from Vanderbilt, Florida, and uh, I was getting interest from Arizona State. So I mean, everywhere, all over the country, really, I, I I had options to go to. But ultimately, like when I looked at it, you know, my family was 15, 20 minutes from the park. They could see me every, you know, every game I would pitch at home, and uh, just the support with my friends and everything. Like, you know, people like New Albany is a good, it's a it's a great town. It's a small town. I mean. You know, everybody knows your business sometimes, which is good and bad. But at the same time, you know, having my family and friends around were the most important thing to me. And, uh, you know, the, what the baseball program, how they've, how far they've come and, you know, what we've been able to accomplish there at Louisville, uh, you know, in the last five, six, seven years has been uh, remarkable. So I was super appreciative and thankful to be able to be a part of that. Absolutely. So being from Indiana, you just mentioned how awesome uh, the, the community of New Albany is. How did it feel to make your debut against your your home state, Indiana, and not only do that, but pitch two perfect innings? Yeah, it was awesome. I was coming off Tommy John surgery, uh, obviously from my high school, so I was super nervous. I'd worked super hard. Then I'd been, oh, I had to go to two summer school sessions. I graduated high school June 2nd, and I was in summer school on June 3rd at Louisville. So shout out to them you know, for getting me pushing me and driving me to get back to even play that season. So uh, I got to, you know, pitch up at IU. It was freezing cold. My mom and dad were there. My grandparents were there. So I was. it was a, It was an awesome day. We got smacked up there, though. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too great. But selfishly, I mean, I was just so happy to be back and be back on the mound and, and be able to contribute to the team that, you know, I'd, I'd really kind of never really thought I'd had the chance to be on. So uh, kind of kick-started everything, and I pitched well, and I made a start against Western Kentucky not too long after that and then got to the weekend rotation and uh, just kind of kind of all fell into place. Yeah, so, I mean, I was looking at your stats and kind of like your starts and stuff. I mean, your best two games, arguably, of the maybe of your career, but at least that season came within a month span of each other. On uh, May 16th, you, came, you had a career-long outing. Uh, against Cincinnati going eight innings, and you only allowed one run on four hits with ten strikeouts. Yep, punched out ten that night. I remember that. And then on June 1st, you allowed one run on four hits with five strikeouts and no walks in six innings to beat UK in the regional title game at Jim Patterson. Yeah, that's the one right there, because Kentucky smacked me around two times earlier that year, so that wasn't good. I was happy to get those boys back. So did you – you always hear in – you know, football and basketball, but it's not something they really talk about in college baseball that much. But was did you feel as if the game was, like, starting to come to you at that point or maybe, as they say, you know, kind of slow down? Oh, for sure. I mean, like, it's like anything. Like, I mean, you get out there, man, and you think you've, you've got it all figured out and you, you practice and prep. But, I mean, there, it takes a – it's it's different when that when the, those lights come on and, you know, there's six 7,000 people in the stands at Jim Patterson at that regional night. I remember it was awesome. And, um, I'll never forget that because I, I pitched in Lexington against them. I pitched at home against them. I didn't pitch well at all. So uh, I was thankful that the coaches had, you know, faith in me to go, to, you know, third time's a charm and uh, end up having a great night. And, 
we moved on to the Super Regional and beat Kennesaw State two in a row. So I didn't have to pitch that series either. And then we went out to Omaha and went to the College World Series. So it was sick. Yeah, well, so you got to explain because you hear all this stuff, but you're the first person other than Coach McDonald that we'll talk about later that has actually played in Omaha. You got to explain to me what it was like to not only make it to Omaha, but do that in your first season in college. Yeah, I mean, like, that was kind of like when we got on campus, that was what it was all about. You know, it was like Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. That's all Coach McDonald says in, like, every speech. And every it sounds like Peyton Manning like, all the time. Omaha, Omaha. It's like, Jesus, dude. Like, I get it. Like, so, I mean, I mean, it's drilled in you as a recruit when you're going to Louisville. It's drilled in you when you're there. It's the 6 a.m. workouts. I mean, we break it down every day. 3, 2, 1, Omaha. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it's all about. So, I mean, to be able to get there was obviously it was awesome. I mean, it was super cool. We got, like, the team hotel. You walk into it. It's all, like, every team has their own hotel out there. So, it's decked out in all Louisville stuff. All the Louisville fans stay there. I mean, you literally feel like a celebrity out there. They treat you like, you know, they treat you like you're LeBron and stuff. Like, yeah. you go to the re- you go to a restaurant, they know who you are, you know. I mean, it's a serious, serious baseball city out there. So, to be able to be a part of that, and, you know, as a freshman my first year, it just kind of set the standard high for, uh, you know, the next year I, I was able, I was there at Louisville, you know, for the younger guys to come in. And I just think it's the culture that, that Coach McDonald's built there. And it's, uh, it's amazing what he's been able to do. Yeah, there's a great episode earlier where Coach McDonald was on here and he talked about some of that. Um, but we've got kind of a fun question for you as well, too. And this stems from a debate we had previously. Do you have a favorite video game system of all time? Yeah, I'm, I'm not a huge gamer, but I do. I, th- I like Xbox. I've, been, I've played Xbox for since I was probably, you know, I don't even know, a long time ago. I'm getting old now, but uh, I've, been, I've been playing Xbox for a while. I, lo- I love Madden. I'm not. I'm terrible at 2K. Everybody always wants to play 2K. I'm trash. Uh, the shooting games, I'm horrible at. I, I just, I'm no good. I like. I play Call of Duty with my friends sometimes at night. Put the headset on, do the whole thing, yell at the TV. But I just suck at it. Like I'm not. I can't see the people. I don't know why. Like I always am getting shot. I'm getting blown up. Like I suck. But but Madden, I'm decent. I'm. I'm I, I can play some Madden. I like Madden. How embarrassing is it to just get absolutely wrecked by an eight year old kid in like China? And then he's talking crap to you about stuff he's done with your mom. Oh, man. It's funny because, like, sometimes I can't even lie. I'll play Madden with people. I'll be screaming at them and stuff. With, like, they'll yell at me. I'll yell back. I don't care. You know, I am, whatever. So, I mean, I just, it's funny. But all my friends and stuff, they're really good at Call of Duty. So, I mean, we, we play that and we have fun for sure. Yeah. Call of Duty is fun because you can get a group of people who play on the regular. And I was the guy who they were carrying me. So I, I know how that feels as well, too. And I had a couple of buddies who were pretty decent. And they would win most of them. They would always tell me, if you for some reason go positive, we're, we have zero chance of losing. So, yeah, I, I know that feeling. Um, but let me ask you this as well, too. As far as basketball, baseball, football player, do you have any type of favorites of all time as far as players in those sports or any one particular? So people ask me all the time, like, you know, obviously I play baseball for a career. But, like, baseball, like, has never been my favorite sport, like, ever. Like, I've been, like, I'm a kid from Indiana. Like, what do we do? Like, kids from Indiana grow up, they like basketball. Like, that's what I love. Like, I love, 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 love basketball. Not that I don't love baseball, but, like, basketball's, like, been my passion. I'm just not, I'm too slow, not athletic enough to play. Like, I mean, it just is what it is. So, that's why I got to get my fix in, you know, running up and down for some cardio, playing some pickup sometime, but. 
yeah, I mean LeBron. I mean LeBron's been my. I've loved LeBron ever since he's been at St. Vincent St. Mary. I mean, I know everybody says that, but I mean, I, I truly mean that. Like, I think he's the greatest athlete on the planet. Like, I think he's the greatest player ever. Like, I, I Same, will go to work I agree. for LeBron any day. I agree with so, you. BJ, huge, BJ does not. LeBron fan. Uh, the NFL. I've, I've never. I've never like picked a team that I like love. Uh, I, I appreciate the NFL. I like watching the NFL. I think those guys are crazy good. Uh, went to school with Lamar, so I mean, obviously Lamar and like Teddy, uh, those are my dudes. So I, I rock with them. I like them. Um, and the, uh, I mean, I just I, I pull for everybody. I respect Tom Brady. You know, I, I like Peyton Manning. Hey. So I, I, I don't like hop, I'm not trying to like hop on the Ravens bandwagon or nothing like that. But I mean, I rock with Lamar. So I mean, it's kind of tough for you to not cheer for them. I mean, I've seen you tweet back and forth with Lamar on Twitter before. So right, right, right. So, I mean, like that's I mean, he's a good uh, he's a really good dude and he's a great athlete, man. So he's uh, he's special. Yeah. So I got the chance to sit down with Coach McDonald, like I said. Uh, what was it like playing for Coach McDonald? I know you said he he beat Omaha into your all's head, but what was it like other than that? I mean, he's way more than like just a coach. Like, uh, I mean, a lot of people, um, you know, look up to that guy. So he is a, I mean, a, just a like, just a great inspirational person. He's a great human being. Uh, he practices what he preaches. I mean, that man gets up at five a.m. He's going to spin classes and he's working out and he's bettering himself he's putting his you know his family in the best position to succeed and he's a heck of a baseball coach uh, but a, but a mentor in life as well i mean i go i rehab there now and i talk to coach mcdonald all the time and he's just he's just a great person uh aside from the baseball coaching side he's a, he's a great coach a great recruiter uh, i can't say enough good things about the university of louisville as a whole i mean i, I like i said i was a fan before i was an athlete there now that i've left i'm actually back in school now getting my degree so i'm in 16 hours of classes so i mean i'm back i'm i'm like technically a louisville student now so um what are you going back I, to school for what are you gonna so I'm a, I was uh, I left as a sophomore, so I was a sports administration major. Uh, I had like fifty hours left, or not fifty. I had like uh, forty hours left. So I'm in sixteen hours now, and bomb rehab. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and knock it out. Nice. So your second season, you were in second team All ACC, finished with an eight and one record and a three point three six ERA and eighty two strikeouts. Once again, you were a pitcher in the regional title clinching game. What was it that made you pitch so well when the like the pressure was on? Like kind of like you were talking about earlier when the lights came on. I don't know. I just think I I love those kind of moments. I mean, that's like I feel like I like I procrastinate a lot of things. Like like I've always procrastinated like doing homework or doing chores or like everything. I like kind of like wait till the last minute. Like I don't know if that has anything to do with like pitching in like a pressure situation. Yeah. But like I mean, I'm 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 leaving Sunday to go down to Florida. For like set for spring training and like I haven't packed a thing. Like I'm gonna wait till the <laughs> night before and get all that stuff done as fast as possible. So I don't know. That's just maybe my excuse that I can have to like be lazy and not do stuff. But uh, that's what I like to tell people. I think it's just it's just like the moment that I like to be in. I like to, to have to succeed. The 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 win or loss, the failure, uh, success rates. You know, it's it's slim to none, and you have to make the right decision and do the right thing. So. Um, I just love being in those those big moments and those pressure moments, and I'm just glad that my coaches and teammates have trusted me to be in those positions. For sure. So that season ended with what a lot of people, myself included, because I'm a big Louisville fan as well, 
which I mean, I'm sure you've seen me wear some Louisville stuff during open gyms, would call probably one of the most controversial endings that they've ever seen in college baseball against Cal State Fullerton. First question, was that a foul ball? Yeah, that was. I'll have to show BJ because I know he hasn't seen it, but they replayed it like a thousand times on TV, and it was definitely a foul ball. He was actually out there in the, on the berm in left field drinking. I mean, maybe that will devalue his his, uh, his sight. But he swears on everything up and down. Like, he was right there next to the foul pole. And he said to Josh, that ball was foul. Like, I mean, yeah. it is. But, I mean, then in 2000, I think, what was that, 2015, like, the cameras and stuff, like, I mean, I, I mean, I ain't, like, it was a long time ago, but, like, like the the video replay quality wasn't as good as it is now, so I mean, unfortunately, they ruled it fair. I think on the field and upheld it because there yeah. wasn't enough evidence to overturn it. All that kind of nonsense, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we had opportunities to win that game earlier earlier that we we should have uh, we should have we should have uh, we should have flourished on and like we should have won the game earlier in the I mean earlier in the inning. So uh, it's kind of we kind of. You know, called it upon ourselves. That's what happened. That's that's where we were at, kind of peace with. Like, I mean, we we kind of beat ourselves. We felt like. So the second question stemming from that is that the most heartbreaking loss you've ever taken, or is there one that you would say sticks with you more? Uh, I I think that that's that's for sure the most the, the biggest loss I feel like I've ever had in my career. Um, it sucks losing. It sucks pitching in the big leagues on TV and getting like destroyed giving up like eight runs and stuff that sucks really bad but <laughs> i mean it's it was just different being in college and having like uh that postseason playoff atmosphere that you see on tv it's it really was unfortunate it, it's something i mean it's so funny because it's like i rehab a little bit it's like the players there still talk about it it's like i mean you i mean just listen to us right now i mean we still bring it up it's like it was a huge controversial moment and it just sucks that it, it didn't end our way that year yeah so First of all, I gotta ask you how did, how were you able to leave after your sophomore year? So it's a, it's an age thing. So I was uh I was gonna be twenty one, um like ten days. It's like a ten day. Win. If you had to be twenty one before the draft or like ten days after or something like that. So a month and five days or something. It's something weird. So I didn't even know until my so, like the beginning of my sophomore year. Um, it was like. I had gotten contacted by some agents and stuff like, Hey, you know, you're draft eligible this year. I had no idea. So, uh, I was like, well, that's cool. I mean, I didn't really think I, I like I said, I mean, I was kind of like two years ago, three or three or four years ago, I was trying to make the varsity baseball team and then like end up playing at Louisville. And then it was like, man, you might get drafted your senior year. And I got hurt. So I kind of like reset everything. It's like, man, now I'm just trying to make the Louisville team. Like I'm obviously on scholarship and stuff, but like, I'm just trying to make the team. And then it was like, hey, man, like, you pitched good. Like, you if you pitch good again, you could get drafted. It's like, well, that's pretty cool. So, luckily had a good year and uh, was eligible enough and then – or was age eligible to get drafted and then uh, had the opportunity by the Yankees to get selected in the 11th round. Yeah, so kind of give us your mindset on, on, that, on that time period when you're – you get the call, you see your name, because I know at that point it's just on TV where they just scrolled across – but still, seeing your name next to the New York Yankees, one of the most – actually, it is probably the most historical franchise in sports. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a I was a huge, like, Jeter fan growing up, huge Yankees fan. So, 
Uh, honestly, like, I didn't think I would, like, unless I got taken on the first two days of the draft, like, in the top ten rounds, like, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't planned on signing. Um, so, like, I, I honestly, like, woke, I woke up, I was going to Summer Bowl, I was going to the Cape Cod League, and I had, like, literally I was asleep, and I woke up, and, like, my name, I got already been picked, I was, my phone was getting blown up like crazy, and I was like, what is going on? And, uh, the scout called me. And uh, when the scout called me and told me, uh, hey, like, we selected you or whatever, I was like, no way. My dad was out of town, called him. My mom was upstairs, told her. I was like, well, that's cool. So I called Louisville and told them. And they were like, uh, <laughs> they were like, oh, man, like, congratulations. So no big deal because I didn't think I was signing at the time. So I went to Summer Ball, went to the Cape Cod League, actually, and pitched for half the season and then uh, ended up deciding and negotiating a deal and doing that. Nice. So you made your major league debut with the Staten Island Yankees, and then after three games, you were promoted to the Charlestown River Dogs, which minor league baseball is full of great names. Who has the best name you can think of in minor league baseball? Well, the Staten Island Yankees when I was there in 2015 was the Staten Island Yankees. Now they're like the Staten Island Pizza Rats or something like that. It's crazy because I like the subways. Um, I like, honestly, my favorite is the. my personal favorite. I like the Montgomery Biscuits. That's, that's mine, too. You stole mine. That's like actually biscuits. my favorite. I like Biscuits. And I like their logo. I think it's cool. Um, so, I, I think it's. I think they're the double-A for the Rays, I'm pretty sure. So, I had a couple of buddies play, played there. Brendan McKay and Nick Solak both went to Louisville. They both played through there. So, I think that's my favorite one. I don't know all of them. There's some crazy ones out there, but I yeah. like the Montgomery Biscuits. So, also during your time in the minors, what was the coolest stadium you can think of that you played in? Um, probably in AAA. I really liked Scranton. Um, Scranton was really cool. Um, Charlotte's really, really nice. The Charlotte Knights, that's the AAA for the White Sox, is really nice. My most special moment was coming back to pitch at Slugger Field. That was super sick. That was two years ago. Had a ton of people from New Albany, Louisville area, like Louisville fans, New Albany fans. It was really awesome to pitch there. I pitched really well. Um, that's why I was with the Yankees. Then I got, uh, I pitched there last year and got destroyed, which was embarrassing and terrible. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it happened. So did you did you get to play at Durham? I, oh yeah, I pitched at, I pitched at Durham in college at the ACC against uh, Duke, and then I pitched uh, I pitched in Durham a couple times last year and then the. Uh, Against pitch against Solak and K, all those dudes. See, I got to go there with my cousin a couple years ago. I thought that was a pretty cool stadium because of, like, the location of like the buildings all around it and stuff. And I thought it was really nice. Super sick. So you made it to AAA before the Yankees ended up trading you. First off, what was it? I mean, was who was the team before you even went to the draft process that you were like, hey, I hope this draft, I hope they draft me, or was it the Yankees? I mean, I was always a Yankees fan, so I thought it would be cool to be drafted by the Yankees. And, I mean, I knew, like, the chances of, like, working your way through a minor league system is, like, you know, you got to basically, like, win in the lottery. You got to perform every night. You got to be healthy. You got to pitch your butt off. So, I mean, to make it to the big leagues is, like, one thing. To stay in the big leagues is another. Like, it's it's just so, so difficult. Um, so, being drafted by the Yankees I thought was cool, and I thought it was a good opportunity. Um, obviously, you know, they, you know, signed pitchers like Garrett Cole for like $350 million and that kind of thing. So to be able to try to play on that big league team, I thought was going to be something that wouldn't happen. But, you know, I worked really, really hard to try to make it happen. Uh, I got really close. 
and then uh, but I put myself in a position to to pitch for another big league club and was you know obviously when the trade went down I had I found out on Twitter at first before you know Brian Cashman called me and let me notified me that I'd been traded um, you know I, th- I thanked the Yankees for you know what they did for me and my development and uh, and I'm super excited for the new opportunity with the Orioles uh, I think it's a great place to be I mean we're rebuilding. Obviously, our record hasn't been great the last, you know, three, four years. But again, like it's, a, it's we're a super young team, and uh, hopefully, we got a, you know, we got a new GM, new manager. They're great and uh, work super hard, and I'm, ex- I'm excited for the rebuild and to be and to hopefully be a part of it. Yeah. So you make your uh, major league debut August 28, 2018, against the, the, actually. Let's see. Do you remember what team you made your debut against? Of course, the Toronto Blue Jays. I figured you would remember. And you got a win in your first your first start. Five innings, three runs, I think six hits, maybe a walk <laughs> and two strikeouts. Nice, nice. So I got to ask you to put this put this in order, okay? So of the the best thing that that you felt like has happened for you in your young baseball career, and then to the to I mean all of them are going to be good things, but just rank them from best to I guess would be worst. So the first thing beating UK in the regional final. Second thing, being drafted by the Yankees. Third thing, being told you were making your debut. And then fourth thing, getting your first win in the major leagues. Um, I think probably probably the regional. God, I mean, it sucks that it has to be last. But, I mean, the regional is probably last. Getting drafted would be second. Um, I would say getting my win, the win was – actually, getting the win was probably – yeah, getting the win was probably, like, third. And then, like, the – the coolest moment was getting told I was going to be called up to the big leagues. I mean, getting that, that's like a legitimate like dream come true. You know, it's like, holy cow. I was dropping my girlfriend off at the airport. Uh, we were running through Chick-fil-A, and I was about to pitch in AAA the next night. And I get a call from my manager, and it's like, hey, you're uh, not going to be pitching tomorrow. You're going <laughs> to the big leagues. And I was like, no way, man. So that's a dream come true, not only for me, but, you know, my, my, my parents, my grandparents, and my family and friends it was that that's just really it was really really cool because it's not just me who got there i mean it's it's obviously it's a you know a whole support staff and i didn't do that stuff on my own yeah that's pretty impressive and we appreciate you taking the time josh to talk with us for a little bit i think you gave a lot of our listeners a lot of great information and you've obviously had a couple of interviews that you've done before because uh hopefully some of these stories they haven't heard because there's a lot of fun stuff in there but we've got a couple of rapid-fire questions to finish out your interview. So whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind, just let it fly. Some of them, I want to warn you, are two-part questions. They'll be uh, currently and all-time questions. So we'll start you off with an easy one. What's your favorite TV show currently and favorite TV show of all time? Uh, Ozark right now is my favorite. I can't wait for the third season to come out. And then of all time was uh, Breaking Bad. Okay. What what is your favorite dream car? Uh would be a, a I it used to be well my favorite dream car used to be a G Wagon. Okay. And what is it now? Uh I honestly I mean it'd be something crazy like a like a uh a Bugatti or something like that. It wouldn't it wouldn't be one of those uh Teslas that looks like all the little kids drew back in the day? No, no. <laughs> what about favorite album currently? Uh, I like Roddy Rich's album right now. I think it's awesome. Oh, good choice. And then favorite album all time? 
not an album, it's a mixtape, but No Ceilings by Lil Wayne, I think Dude, was so sick. I didn't realize we had so many things in common. That's the, <laughs> the greatest mixtape of all time. I mean, it's not an album, but like, it's the best thing I've ever listened to, man. I could listen to it like any day, anytime, anywhere. Like, it, that is fire. Yeah, I can respect that. What about favorite movie of all time? Man, everybody asks that one. I don't. I, I like funny movies, so I think Super Bad was hilarious. Okay. Good one. What about if you had to choose? Uh, I know you mentioned you, you eat better, but pizzas or or tacos? Oh, pizzas. What about wings or burgers? Wings. And when you get wings, are you getting drums or flats, or are you going boneless? Oh man, I always go boneless. But if I'm getting, if I go to Hooters, I like their I like their wing on the bone. I like flats, but normally always boneless because it's okay. less messy. Okay, and then we mentioned favorite shoe of all time. Um, is there one besides the off-whites that you referenced? Uh, the Bread 11s. Okay, fries or tots? Fries. Favorite cereal? Uh, Frosted Flakes. Favorite candy? Reese Cup. Ooh. Favorite ice cream? Uh, Grater's Butter Pecan Ice Cream. No chance anything's better than that. (laughs) What about, well, I've got one for you, homemade butter pecan ice cream. That's probably super fire. It's pretty pretty good, too. What about the, uh, your biggest pet peeve? Um, it's my mom's, too. It's so funny, because she instilled that in me. It's when people, like, rattle, like, chip bags, or, like, like, bat, like, just like a bag rattling. Like, I cannot stand that. I hate it so much. Okay. And so now we just probably gave all of your opposing uh, teammates or opposing fans something to start you on the mound. What, <laughs> you can be, what about you can the... be pitching in, in a different stadium. Everyone's going to have a chip bag, man. Yeah. Hey, as long as they're not banging on a trash can, I guess that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. What about last question for you? What's your biggest fear? My biggest fear? Probably like disappointing my friends and family. Okay. Solid. Solid. So, Josh, man, we appreciate you uh, coming. Spending some time with us, even if it's over the phone, man. We appreciate any time you can take out. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys. Sorry I couldn't make it in. Like I said, it's been a hectic week. I'm heading down to spring this Sunday. So when I come back, hopefully I, I can uh, I can come in. We can sit down and chat some more. For sure. So uh, how long are you looking for rehab with your shoulder or with, your, uh, with the surgery? Uh, I'll be back. Like, I'm starting to throw a program in March, and if I hit like all my hit all my goals, I should be back in uh, August time. So I got you. Probably won't be in the big leagues this year, uh, just because they want to. We're taking it slow, so I'll pitch in August, maybe a little bit in September, and then be ready to go for the 2021 year. Awesome, man. Well, Josh, again, we thank you for coming on. Uh, we good answers. Some of them I didn't think. I, I some of them I didn't expect, but hey, I like them. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool, man. Thanks for having me, off. Absolutely, man. You have a good one, man. Be careful. Yes, sir.